Traveling the Vortex. If you wanted the As he travels the vortex and landed episode number 130, and from this day forth, my name shall be Sir Keith. <laughs> I'm Sir Keith. I'm Brigade Leader Sean. <laughs> I'm Liz Shaw Glenn. <laughs> Who else was there? Nobody really had Benton? another alternate. What was Benton's? Was he, he was? He was? He was, was he still a sergeant? He was not a sergeant. He was a like. Something leader, to commander, the or something. I can't remember exactly what he was. I found it. His name is John. Mm-hmm. It's John Ben. John Benton. Benton. Yeah. Apparently, well, that was actually revealed in an episode somewhere down the line, even though he was never actually. Or no, 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 no. It was a uh, uh, spinoff media. Downtime, maybe. Well, might have been. I, well, he wasn't in downtime, but he was in some of the unit, the other unit stories. He was so, in something yeah. that they they apparently actually named him John, ah, which oh, is like, well, isn't John Levine? That makes total sense. I'm alright with that, John yeah, Benton. Sure. So. Why not? Wookie doesn't say. Huh. I can't remember for certain. So, anyway, how are you guys this week? Pretty good. Pretty good. How was your weekend, Sean? Uh, busy. Full. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we competed in the Wild West Film Festival this weekend. Got done making our short film, 48 Hours. And it's super awesome. It is Thank awesome. You. It's Thank very, you. very good. I have high hopes for this one. I can put a link in, right? Because they'll have been able to see it once. It's submitted tonight, right? It's it submitted had to go tonight. Submitted? It isn't tonight. The judging does not happen until uh, next so week, So maybe Saturday. I better wait. So, yeah. I, I'm I, I, I personally would be fine with it, but it's probably... We'll should, put a link should, in the show notes next week. Yeah, so we remind me week. to do that. Yes. Because then it'll be, I'll be able to say it, that it's so. the Wild West... Film Fest winning entry. Oh, it definitely should so. be. It definitely <laughs> well, should be. By all rights. Oh my gosh, it was a so Twilight good. Dog this year. We could be in trouble. It's, oh, so. uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. don't even bring that one up. No, it was really funny because uh, I, I decided I was going to do this one, and uh, the theme was movie trailers. You had to create a movie trailer, and Dave was kind of eh, movie trailer. I mean, why bother? I mean, that's that's uh, you know, he just he just wasn't excited about it. So I was like, well, can I do it? And he's like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. And he says, I want help. I don't want to. I don't want to run it. I just want to help. I was like, okay. So we got together and started storyboarding, and he was the only one other than uh, Jake. Jake showed up for some of the initial uh, storyboard meeting stuff from Jake's from school. And then Dave showed up. He's the only one that could make the storyboard. I had a whole group of people that were all like, yes, I can help Saturday, or I could help Sunday, but not both. And it's like, well, I kind of need somebody that can do, you know, both, because we're going to shoot Saturday and edit Sunday. And um, by the time we were done storyboard, uh, by, by the time we were done just story discussion, Dave was actually storyboarding this idea <laughs> and factoring in shots and figuring things out. And I looked at him and said, "So you're committing to the entire weekend at this point, right? <laughs> because if you're storyboarding, that means you want to shoot it. And if you're going to shoot it, you won't be happy if I edit it. So you're in for the whole weekend, right?" And he went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why he was storyboarding it, though, because so he wouldn't have to. He didn't want to have to shoot it. He said, "I can give this to I can give this to Sean, and he can look at it and go, yeah, okay, that's the shot he wanted. Okay, that's the shot he wanted.' Yeah, he, 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 he was he was very much planning it out, and he says, "Well, I, I don't know anything about the camera that you're going to be using, so I showed him the DSLR that I had. And I said, this isn't the one I'll be using, but this is similar to it.' And he was kind of looking at it, going." Let me just go get my gear. Yeah. I said, I'll knock the story together tonight. And Well, I, I'm going to go to bed first because we didn't get done until like 4 in the morning. 
I said, I'm going to go ahead and knock the script together tonight. And really, all I amounted to was just typing it. Right. We pretty much had it set. And I said, then, uh, you know, when I talk to you in the morning, you can let me know for sure. And the first text that I got from him at some ungodly hour in the morning was, I'm okay to go. I'm, I'm in. I'm in all the way. <laughs> he cleared his Everything's schedule. been clear. So I'm here. That means we can use the good camera. We can use this. We can use this. Like, okay. So great. we went from there. But uh, we had a lot of fun shooting this one. Well, it looks super awesome. You guys did a great job. Thank you. And I absolutely love the, the concept and idea behind it, too. A lot of fun. Yes. That's the challenge with movie trailer is trying to stand out in a crowd because, as, as Dave pointed out, he went and saw Monsters University and he says, so we had literally 40 minutes worth of previews Jeez. before the film started. And he says, I'm sitting there knowing that I'm going to come over to your house later this evening and we're going to talk about creating a movie trailer. And he says, it dawned on me that this was 40 minutes. Your event at the, at the actual showcase will be two hours of movie trailers without <laughs> the good nugget at the end where you actually get to watch a real movie. That's it's right. going to be all right. teased. And he says, people are going to be so sick of being teased by then, so how do we put something together that is a movie trailer but is a little different <laughs> and actually does stand out as opposed to just doing right, know, right. yet another movie trailer. So once we, once we kind of put that together, we were like, oh yeah, we can't really, because the other idea that we had was doing a, a James Bond-esque you know, spy spoof. And right. I still want to do one. I still totally want to do a Bond flick. But I had a couple people wound up and excited over the idea. And then we kind of realized, well, we don't have a fast car or a hot chick or a tuxedo <laughs> among the three of us. So. We don't have the I could have gotten you a, uh, a fast car, but my dad's currently in Lexington, Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> Send back some footage of Four Cox. Because uh, he had, they had to take the T-Bird into the uh, shop oh, on their way no. back from Maryland. <laughs> And don't won't leave them until tomorrow. What so. happened to it? Uh, it was leaking oil into spark plugs. Aww. Yeah. As long as he fixes it, in time it's under warranty, <laughs> so he doesn't have to worry about it. Well, they got rid of the classic for a new one, didn't they? No. They, well, it's this. My dad's is like a gray version of what my mom's was. Ah. Okay. It's the same year, I think. Oh, is it? Pretty close okay. to. It. I thought it was a newer one, but not. No. Okay. Cool. Gray won't be nearly as exciting as red, but well, it was black. <laughs> Mom's was black. Was it black? I thought yeah, it was but red. she sold hers. No, hers was black. I don't remember anything. So. <laughs> Hi, how you are you? With the guy for a year, you just don't I, know. Apparently, him. he only has one you sister. You just too. don't know. Him. <laughs> <laughs> how many siblings do I have, Sean? You have siblings. <laughs> And we've known each other for eighteen years. So. <laughs> you, you, you have, you have, I know you have one. You have a sister. I do. That's correct. Because if you had a brother, he'd been break dancing on the street. <laughs> <laughs> Keith, what do you what did you do this? Oh, uh, went and saw Man of Steel. Oh yeah, you you got oh, the, yeah, you I got the center. Yeah. you hadn't seen it, man. I really liked it. I, it had issues, and I really want to see a director's cut where they put back in the large chunk that I can tell they cut out to get to the action. <laughs> I can tell they cut like thirty minutes out before Zod shows up on Earth. Spoilers. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and I, there's now, there's so much more character that development that was lacking that there has to be a lot on the. You know, you say more. that now, and I, I and considering I, think I he, thought that in the back of my head, but I never really said anything about it or really put it out there. But you're right; there feels like there's a chunk missing. There, and considering how much he had to cut down Watchmen compared to what he originally wanted, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I mean, this is so, a guy. So, this is a guy that overshoots. So yeah. what you're saying is there'll be a director's cut. Of I think there steel. will be. I hope there will be, and I think it will fix a lot of problems with the film. Uh, but other than that, I really liked it. I really what, enjoyed it. What just recently came Warner out Brothers? that they re-released with the director's cut? Was it uh, Avengers? Did they ever end up doing that? No, they that? never they did, did that. But they talked cut. about doing that, Well, right? 
Yeah, there was speculation that oh, there might. Okay, okay. Warner Brothers, Man of Steel, Steelbook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they have to. They have to. Yeah, all of Zack Man of Steelbook. All, all of Zack Snyder's <laughs> other stuff has been in Steelbooks. Oh, well, sure. It's a Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers will be. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm sure they'll do it. I'm sure they'll do it. So now, now, do you agree? Because he, he kind of said it did. Do you agree that it sort of parallels Superman two? It's uh, parallels. Not it's not it, the story. It's, it's sort of parallels Superman and Superman. Yeah. 2. Yes. 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 Because a lot of the origin stuff is sure, parallel. Sure. Sure. Um, but the Zod, the Zod stuff. Well, couldn't you make they, that they, argument just because it's Zod? They, I mean, huh? Zod's in both films. They couldn't deepen make that argument anyway. They deepen you could, it. But I mean, it, it, they certainly do. But I mean, I, I really kind of expected a different Zod story. But we 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 had the the, the Phantom the, Zone. Yeah, exactly. We had the the uh, um, insurrection. Then we had the Phantom Zone, and then we had the escape based on the the explosion. Now, it wasn't the explosion in the original movie that there was a different explosion, but. Yeah. Um, you know, coming to Earth, we had a, a female. We had a very large. A guy could have Why been. Were not, they, they not should have said. And well, and she, they, yeah. she obviously wasn't. Yeah, she, they, she wasn't. They, she's called by another name, but they have this really gargantuan guy the, during that entire fight scene. I, and I kept that's thinking, totally that's, him. That's, that's what it was. Or that's uh, and he never spoke. Not. And no. he never. He never saw his face because yeah, he, he was in the, the armor. He was in the armor the whole time. Well, there was one scene where he wasn't well, and on the ship. He's not. He's oh, back I, in the I, 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 I never know. Oh, you, could, you could tell which one was him because he stood three feet tall. Oh, and and that fight with the two of them is very much par- similar well, to how yeah, it is. Well, yeah, because in on a smaller scale, in two, it's just down in that you know downtown yeah. metropolis area, well, and they don't tear near as much of the towers. Yeah, with, and Superman has some sense to take them away from there because everybody's being hurt. Yeah. And this one, we're just going to fight it till the end of the metropolis, and not care about anybody else. But anyway, and, and like uh, Robert at work said, one of his problems with it was uh, he was too. Vulcan, it was almost too detached, so that the emotional stuff didn't have the impact it should have for him. But you didn't see it in it, within him. I can see Clark some of was? that. Yeah, Clark. I didn't think he was. I didn't think he was detached. I, I could see some of it, like not Vulcan, detached maybe. Detached, but I would go more conflicted than detached. I, I, I don't think I didn't see. I didn't I, see I think, emotional. I, I think there could have been more confliction within him. Than what was portrayed. Maybe if there was, I wouldn't have felt it was as dark as I thought it was. That's true. Like I said, I don't. Think well, a lot of people have an issue with the very end. Yeah. Well, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, I don't have a problem. I with that. Even though, either. even though Superman would never kill in the comic books or in the movies, but but he, but he has I before. What he would? There's all over. That's what all the fanboys well, are talking about. Well, some of the new, some of the new comics, he, he has before. When he's given no other choice, yes, he'll kill a guy, and it makes sense. There's no way he could have stopped. And it's got to be in the super modern age because even when I was reading in the silver in the early modern age, it, he they apparently, they, apparently they asked. They they were very much like nobody wanted to do it, and they went and asked DC, "Would this ever happen?" And they said, "If he was given no other alternative, sure." So that's why I they're think, like, "Yeah, okay, let's go." For well, it. I'm still fine. I, with I, it. I, I think it makes sense too because how many superhero movies? Well, have how we, else are you going to dispatch Zod? Well, I mean, yeah. we, we dispatch well, and, the other ones easily because we put them. It's it's like the argument for Batman. Okay, they're going to escape Arkham. They're going to get put back in. It's just a constant circle. Why don't they ever just kill the bad guys and then they don't have to deal with them anymore? I I hope, honestly, I hope that whoever the villain is in 2, that Superman is still suffering ramifications, that he still has Zod flashbacks. Oh, I hope so, too. And that he has to hold back. I think it'll be Rainiac. What do you think? 
I don't, don't, think, I don't think they'll go Luther. Luther might have a, a cameo, but I, I bet they go Brainiac. I, I, I would kind of like to see him maybe do a one-two punch where uh, Luther is the facilitator of maybe making contact with Brainiac, not knowing right. what he is and thinking well, he's going to pull Brainiac, the fast one. Brainiac, I think it, in, in one universe... As he comes in, uses Luther, uses him yeah. as a as the. You think you combat. think it'll be James Marsters? <laughs> he played Brainiac on Smallville. <laughs> I'm going to say probably not. Probably not. <laughs> no, probably not. Uh, I also watched uh, the Donner cut of Superman too, and I it, it, much better paced. I think uh, there's some stuff that I think could be added back in that would help story wise. Well. The no, problem not Paris, the not problem. Paris at all. <laughs> Nothing of Paris. The problem with the Donner cut is it's it's real rough film that they used that they didn't polish for the DVD yeah. release. But well, 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 in some cases they couldn't. Yeah, and, did you watch any of the documentaries? Uh, I don't yeah, a little bit. And then, so I mean, it's hard to say this is the actual vision because I think well, it was polished more and was was and there was and there was, was existing film that was yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. There, and, there were obviously scenes that he didn't want to use right. but had to. Well, right. like the scene where um, where she pulls the gun on him and threatens him and fires and it's a blank and that's how right. she gets in the reveal. That apparently was I like that au- better. That was the audition reel. Yeah, I saw oh, that on the bonus. Oh, yeah, 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 I saw that on the bonus and, features and, and, and too. So right. that, but that was the only thing they had. Right, and right. Don was like, "I'm using it." So yeah. you know. It, it almost looks a little out of place because it's it's totally not the same, you know. It was well, just, it needs. I mean, just, but it, it it conveys the it conveys the idea, yeah. and that's that's what yeah. it needed. That's yeah. all it needed to do. It wasn't a, it wasn't a theatrical presentation. It was a a way to show what if 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 Donner had stayed on this film, how it would have turned and I, out. I think it's funny that it cut so much of a little Houston out. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the bare minimum, <laughs> and it's like. They show up, and we cut away to something else, and we come back, and the town's in flames. Yep. <laughs> Everything is on fire, well, and God's giving and his ultimatum. And it's when, like, when, they're, huh. when they're headed to D.C., in, in the other cut, they, they face Mount Rushmore, right. and that's when they just cut watching the monument in half, yeah. right. which I think is kind of better. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, because because it's the effect cheesy. was so cheesy. It's kind of yeah. cheesy. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's yeah. like I don't know, putting the Great Wall of China back together with your eyes. Cause it's <laughs> just, <laughs> and it happened, you know. But. One, right. one, one, one big flaw. We've gone down a real different road here. One Mark. big flaw of the Donner cut, though, is the same trope again of turning the world backward to fix something. Because he, oh right, right, right. Yeah. That's, he does it again, and that's yeah. not a good way to fit in no, the second it, as a sequel. Not, if you do it in the first one, you can't do it in the second one. Right, exactly. But what it does well is there's only one instance where you want to punch Lois in the face, <laughs> as opposed to like three. <laughs> Was there only three? You really didn't like <laughs> I, that movie. And two, oh, I couldn't stand her. What did you think I, of Amy Adams? I thought she did a great job. Fantastic. She did a really good job. Everyone did. Yes. And there were a lot of nice little, ooh, hey, it's that guy. Oh, hey, it's that guy. Except for it was it was interesting that they, they brought us down this, and I think it was more of an introductory that they're there because I think they'll be heavier in, in, the, in the next film. But to have Perry White and the random girl and random guy in peril – the yeah. whole time, and they have this whole sequence, and it really felt like a, a subplot that never went anywhere, or I wasn't even necessary. Some of that was cut, too. You know? yeah. I was 100% convinced that they were going to off her. Yeah. That yeah. They, were, they were, you know, she was trapped, and he's holding right. onto her arm, and, and the other guy's just smarmy enough. It's like he's going to grab Perry at the last minute and, you know, right. push him out of the way or save him, and the two of them will go together or something. But right. I, I, I really thought, well, you're gone. Yeah. <laughs> but nothing. Oh, it just nope. it never. Okay, cool. <laughs> it was it was weird. It was uh, you know. 
I, again, I think it was just to get them in there because they're going to have a, probably a much more. Well, I agree with you. I, I think that may have fallen into some of the could have. Well, and, stuff that got cut. And, and ideally, you have some sort of emotional attachment and you need to put a face to the damage that's happening to this well, town. Well, that's, that's true. And, and that may have been the attempt. That, that's what, yeah. that, that's yeah. what I took away from it also. That's a good was point. That, I of that. you got to put some, a face on it. Uh, in Avengers, they had that waitress. I mean, yeah. it's. You're right. You're right. That's about all I did. Uh, Sarah's been a little under the weather. So, no, that's too bad. You know. Morning I, sickness? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sinus infection. Uh, uh, I think it's coming. I think it's coming <laughs> back from the dry air of Maryland and Virginia to the humidity oh, of Kansas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it well, was, was a quick travel too. It was yeah, a quick, quick, it was a quick turn. Uh, and then sports keeping me late at work because Glenn was sports off. Sports keeping me late at work. Let's talk about this for just a moment. I'm yeah. going to apologize to anybody out there who happens to be an NBA fan. <laughs> Last time I checked, basketball is a winter sport, right? Yeah, it's big. Their it's season, not anymore. Their this season is, is way June. too long. Their season and we are still in the finals. No, it's over now. What's, what's well, stupid okay, is... I don't care. It's June well, and what's we stupid the is, is the Cut NHL Stanley Cup is going on at yes, the same time. Cut your that season. The, 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 well, they had, a, they had a strike. Keith pointed that out. No, yeah, no, no, but, no I, but I'm fine with that. But we've got the, the Stanley Cup going on at the same time as the NBA. Unfortunately, that was because of that, but still. And because... And it's... If we were one station, it wouldn't have been a problem. But it was just three nights in a row because ABC, about, NBC, ABC. I don't care about your discomfort at work. I care about <laughs> the fact that the NBA should not be on TV in June. Yeah, I That's agree. the emphasis. Here. I agree. Just and shorten your season. That's I don't funny. care how Iron Man you think you are. You don't have to play 500 <laughs> games a year. Wednesday, Thursday, and no, no Tuesday, Tuesday Wednesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Thursday. You worked late because you were working my shift. Yeah. And I didn't. Unfortunately, that both was the uh, Tuesday and Thursday, nights. I didn't leave until midnight, which were NBA nights. Yeah, and then the NHL night, it was like eleven thirty-five. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a, much more respectful of your work schedule. <laughs> well, not <laughs> no, last week. No, last week that was my latest night on. Uh, it was Wednesday. On Wednesday of last week, uh, I was there until twelve forty because the game went into really? like yeah, I think it went into double or triple overtime. And of course, double overtime. Yeah. Yes. So you guys didn't go on the air until like twelve ten. And it's, it's sudden oh, death it because it was on your network. Yeah, I gotcha. It's yeah. sudden death. So because yeah, because our, our news can't. Our, that. No, our news can't go on until I gotcha. now. Okay. Because we we do ABC and NBC, we simulcast. So we show, get to do the ten twice. But we yeah we normally do it once for both networks. But whenever there's a game on, we have to wait until the game's over and then do it again for the other network. So we still do one at ten o'clock regardless because it's either ABC or NBC. That's not running the game, and you just wouldn't put that on tape delay, huh? No, we can't. Because if so, and this was a good example is we had some we had breaking news one night last oh, week. There was that that happened. Night. Yeah, that happened during the game, and so we turned we turned the newest uh, news around for the second huh. broadcast. So that's why you don't do that because if you've got news that comes in, I mean the news doesn't wait for us. Anyway, yes. So I was off. You were <laughs> it off. Was, it was totally. It was a fluke. Although it was well, nice yeah. that I took those days off, but I wasn't even thinking about those being game days and <laughs> keep having to suffer through that. But I have to suffer most of the time. He's it's true. He's I, I get to leave at nine thirty every night. So. It's, so uh, and, but was, I, and you get the happy news. <laughs> I do. That's I guarantee you. Whatever happier, whatever yeah. happened on the game night that well we had to lead with that because it was it was something tragic. Yeah. yeah. See. Yeah, I think it was a fire. Although I I did have some breaking news for my second. Show one of the nights, and it was kind of happy news. 
an escaped inmate was caught. That's happy. Was Superman That's involved? Good no. news. <laughs> <laughs> was Superman involved? Anyway, so I took three days off this week and uh, got Mason's room done. So oh, cool. that was my goal for the week. Um, Mason, as we've been doing, go here and there, but we hadn't got down to the final painting of the room. Um, and now you can move that wardrobe upstairs. It's upstairs. <laughs> we actually, we did move that. We moved that last week before. <gasps> But we, we kept it in the center because that was what we were waiting on. Is so we got to paint that room anyway. We yeah. moved it up there, and then we, it was in our way. <laughs> so we were like, "All right, I'm tired. Of, I'm tired of driving in and not being able to pull all the way up in the driveway or in the garage." <laughs> so we were like, "We'll just get that up there. And we'll just move it to the center of the room." When we, well, I had to get the big bookshelf out of there anyway to, to paint. So the wardrobe's smaller. The bookshelf around it. No. <laughs> so we painted it, and so now his... Are the bookcase going to move? It's going to stay yeah. there. I need to see what's behind it. He's got his Avengers uh, curtains up. His room's the right color now. It's 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 blue on top and white on the bottom. And we're, then I, we actually, Mason and I went through my old comic books tonight, and we picked out four, five uh, books that we're going to frame and put on the wall. That'll have re- They'll be trimmed in red frames. So the wall's kind of... When I say Superman blue, it's like more Silver Age Superman blue, not the dark Man of Steel or even maybe the darker... Uh, modern age blue. blue, yeah, Christopher Reeve blue. That's yeah, exactly what like it's Superman blue. So that's what that's what color that is. <laughs> I don't acknowledge it. Weird suit colors. Uh, we still got some things to get on the wall, but uh, for the most part, that's done with the exception of the artwork. So that was nice. Got that completed. Um, what else did I do? My birthday was on Friday. Unfortunately, I had to work because another guy had. I was. My intention was to take the entire. Well, Keith was off Monday because he he was recovering from uh, a whirlwind tour. He has a whirlwind tour. And so I took Tuesday and was going to take Tuesday to, to the next Tuesday. So I was going to be off again Monday. But uh, another guy that fills in for one or the other of us whenever we're gone had already asked off. So I went and I had to work on my birthday. <laughs> but um, had a nice had, well had a nice <laughs> birthday. Um, this weekend we we celebrated a little bit. My parents uh, we we cooked out, had some dinner, and. Uh, Oh, really? That was it. I didn't do much. Uh, got some nice gifts. My sister got me the little uh, USB, the Dalek USB um, desk protector, which is uh, just this little guy that you plug into your USB. If you could see him here, a little is not the word. Well, no, he's yeah. My mom, that's my sister said. She said, you know, I ordered that. I thought it'd be a lot smaller, <laughs> and it came, and it's a lot bigger. So anyway, so as you walk, as you walk close, then. You get uh, the little things as you walk in front of the sensors. Of course, I'm using the demo button here because we found it's not that easy to get him to go off the other way. But well, this was all the junk on our table. Yeah, yeah we have a very full table. That's the uh, the fun noises he does. And then uh, uh, my parents actually paid uh, <laughs> to get a, tr- a couple of tree branches um, trimmed on our tree because we're having our roof replaced. I think I talked about that last week because of the hail. But we had some... Uh, tree branches that were out over the house and it was going to be a chunk of change and I still have to play, pay the deductible on the roof so my uh, parents said well what well, for your birthday present we'll have somebody come out and trim those tree branches out because it's kind of it's, oh, it's, nice. it's so expensive yeah and so uh, yeah so that was great so that was my gift from them and then I'd have uh, done it for you for just the cost of a chainsaw <laughs> <laughs> I have taken out the tree for you you'll never have this problem well again. you know my neighbor would love for the tree to be gone in fact there's one branch over her house that she wanted to go away but I'm not going to do it because she wouldn't let she wouldn't allow me to let them park the cherry picker in their in her in her driveway to do it 
And so I said, okay, well, we're not cutting that branch then. So it's not affecting my, my house. <laughs> anyway, uh, and then uh, Keith and Sarah got me Genesis the Daleks, Doctor Who, mm-hmm. uh, the DVD, which everybody was quite surprised that I hadn't had yet. But I'm still no, surprised you had didn't it. have it. Yeah, that's one of the classics. And then uh, Sean and Mel got me uh, Doctor Who, the official, what do you say it? Miscellany? Miscellany. Miscellany. Whoology. Whoology. Doctor Who, the official miscellany. Whoology is the actual name of the book. So, anyway, which this was, 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 was cool. is, is this the the encyclopedia type one that we were discussing earlier in the year that we thought was maybe going to be like a gigantic coffee table book? Or I don't think so because I think there's a no. There, uh, I don't. I think the one we were, one we were talking about was the. Well, now that you say that, I think we did call that one whoology. But I don't remember that that was the one we thought it was. I don't think this is what we thought that was. It's very cool. It is. It's awesome. It's. Uh, I haven't flipped through it much, but I. I was checking it out on Amazon.com before. In fact, earlier this weekend. So, uh, thinking how cool it was, and I wanted it. So I'm looking forward to reading that. And it's a lot. I, I remember seeing it online. And it's a lot thicker than I expected it to be. It is, oh, yeah. it is pretty yeah, thick. It's a, it's a good size. Because when I was looking on Amazon, it didn't. It, it didn't. Nearly that. Big. Yeah, I didn't expect it. To I don't know. It says how many pages? Three hundred. Nearly 400 pages. Well, and it's not like the... Uh, pages? It's not like the current... Uh, pages. So... Oh, like the Dalek Handbook and some of the other yeah, ones. Yeah, that's, that's the size I, I expected. expecting right, something right, like right. that. Yeah, yeah, that's, and no, so when I yeah. saw it, I was like, wow, those are impressive. Yeah, those are smaller. So... And so, yeah, thank you very much. And then uh, today, Caitlin and I uh, joined in for Regenerate, the great Doctor Who movie rewatch. Um, so we were joined with hundreds of people across the globe. And we joined in with uh, Daphne Ashbrook, uh, Yeezy So, uh, the Asian child, <laughs> which he, they talked a little bit about that. He said, you know, I just forever. That's, what, that's what, what's going to be. I'm going to be the Asian child. And he, he said, and of course, Daphne said, pointed out when he has uh, ribbons that say the Asian child, which I think he was he handing out the year that you were at. Uh, uh, no, I, I never Apparently saw him. now he does. Oh, he does has, he? Yeah, he hands those out at. at Gigi needs to come back to get away so I can get a ribbon. <laughs> um, Gary Russell also joined in, who uh, people oh. know uh, with Doctor Who. Uh, Gary has done... Producer uh, Gary Russell. He's a producer. Uh, he's done Big Finish. He also, I didn't know this until today, he wrote the novel for the film, Doctor Who the Movie. Did he? Oh. He did. So he wrote the novelization, so he joined in. And then, of course, uh, Ken Deep with Podshot was the... Um, Moderator for this, and uh, they put on a fantastic show. We broke Google Plus today, so by, by, by that I mean they just we just overloaded <laughs> Google Plus. So it's essentially a live commentary, right? Yes, it's basically what it was. Well, well, it, let's be honest. This is probably the most people that have ever been on Google Plus at any one time <laughs> in the history of Google Plus. I, I don't know exactly what happened, but there apparently you can't have more than twenty five people in a chat room, which I don't, I'm not sure anybody knew that. Um, I know that I was in a room that said regenerate, but that it was only, and people kept coming and going, and there was some commentary there. But see, they were streaming this on YouTube live, and that's where the audio commentary from the four that were doing, that were that were performing the, the commentary. And so that's what I did is I just jumped over to YouTube and went to Daphne's YouTube channel and, and streamed the, com- the commentary there. And then uh, people popped into the the regenerate page that was created on Google. Um, and then, actually, uh, well, I, I should mention that Br- I, now, if I forget anybody or didn't see anybody, I apologize. But this of our listeners, uh, Chrissy was there. Uh, Brittany was there. Uh, I saw Michelle on there as well. 
Um, I think that was the only three that I remember coming across or seeing. Now, again, there might have been other listeners that I just didn't see you uh, on the room because, like I say, there was there was very little chance for us to communicate. But Chrissy actually got bumped from the Google page that was on there mm. that, that you could go into and kind of see some of the, the, the comments that were being streamed there. And so she went over to Tumblr and was actually comment, commenting on her page and then tagging it with the Regenerate so that other people could, could go. And I, I noticed today more. that Twitter had exploded yeah, with the and, hashtag. And, on and there were some people that were, commentating, that were com- commenting on Twitter. So, But it was a lot of fun. We synced up. We did. And we, it was... The majority of his stuff that I've heard before, anecdotal stories and things that, that she talked about, but there was there were a lot of new things that I learned about it uh, that were fun, and it was just it was neat to hear her and Yiji talk about uh, their experiences and what was happening and, and 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 just what was going on at the time, and then Gary was there doing. He really was just the the Doctor Who source for like Ken would Ken and him would kind of banter back and forth about how things in the movie related to past Doctor Who and new Doctor Who and it was really kind of cool how I mean the conversation really really went really well we took an intermission in the middle (laughs) (laughs) just kind of a a break I think probably about 15-20 minutes uh, and then started up again and it was a lot of fun Caitlin and I took a picture of us watching so we we got that mailed off to Daphne and hopefully she'll get that and we'll get whatever uh, DVD insert sleeve we Uber get, phenomenal yeah, gift. Yeah, get for that. <laughs> Uber phenomenal gift. So hopefully we'll get one of those. Do you know who wasn't there? Who, uh, Keith and Sean were not there. <laughs> you know who else wasn't I there? I represent TTV for us. So. Yeah, I was at a baby shower. What, what was your excuse? I forgot it Lawrence, was today. You? No, no, you were in Lawrence. I was in Lawrence today. I forgot it was today. And you were somewhere, though. I was out grocery shopping. Oh, you were. You said, I knew you said I was. I, was I, I got Glenn's text, and I was like, oh, that was today. <laughs> I'm not home. Epic fail. Yeah. I was looking forward to this all day long. All, all morning, I kept going, I wish 3 o'clock could get around. Because it started at 1 o'clock Pacific and 3 o'clock our time. Yeah. I knew it was today, and I wasn't totally sure of the time. I actually thought it was a little bit later. And then when I rem- when I, my reminder went off, and I went and looked at it and realized, oh, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was later. I guess I won't be doing that. I tried checking in on my phone because I thought for sure having an Android phone, I would be able to very easily get to Google Hangouts. It must have already been broken. At well, it was. I could <laughs> really was. Like I say, I was in a room uh, of people coming and going for a long time, so I might have been in the official room, but our, our hosts weren't in that room. There was just a bunch of people, and you could you could go camera, camera list, and you could comment in that room and whatnot. So I, I did a little bit there, and then and have they posted say, anything on what kind of numbers they've had? I haven't seen. I haven't seen. Uh, I'd just be curious to know. If it, I mean, it sounds like it was a fantastic turnout. Obviously, so there was a comment early, earlier from uh, Alex Phillips, who's one of it was one of the people behind the scenes that was helping do this, who uh, thanked the audience or thanked the, the listeners, saying thank you so much for doing this, all of you, Our Lady Ashbrook, Mister So, uh, uh, Mister Deep, Mister Russell. It was really fun to rewatch the movie and listen to you all talk about the things that happened behind the scenes. And so, oh, no, no, I'm sorry, this is a comment from somebody else. I was thinking this was one of the behind the scenes guys. Um, anyway, so he was. It was a lot of fun. You know who else wasn't there? Who else wasn't there? Eric Roberts. Yeah, <laughs> and they were they they didn't have anything ill to say about Eric other than the fact that his shooting schedule was smaller than everybody else's, and they kind of had to cram all his stuff in, but. Uh, they didn't have any ill words to say about Eric. He's going to go make was. shark to post afterwards. So. <laughs> you know who wasn't there? Paul McGann. That was yeah. it. Felt that was missing, but at least they had Gary representing from the other side of the pond. So that was that was nice. 
it was that was one of the interesting things having Gary along having written the novel is he would talk about the things that that were in the script that they ended up cutting from the movie mm-hmm. because it was it, for length or whatnot and he said you know that was something that I would put in the novel. So, in fact, the the scene where the Eye of Harmony and uh, I believe it's the Master and um, the Asian Child. What's his name in the movie? Uh, Lee Chang, Chang Lee, right? Yeah, yeah. It, are uh, setting are standing there, and he's explaining about he's trying to you know dupe him into the fact that the Doctor stole his uh, body and started. And we see the, the the image of Sylvester McCoy. Well, apparently the script called for each of the doctors, an image of each of the doctors in there. Mm-hmm. And so uh, uh, Gary said, "Well, I did that in the in the book." But there were things that were even like he had a nod or a mention to Ace in the book that he thought needed to be in the film. And the BBC actually told him, "No, you can't do that because nobody will remember or know who Ace was." Well. No, of course they wouldn't, because Doctor Who fans are going to read this. You know, they're not selling this book to the mainstream. But, um, but, but Yiji said, had a point. He said, you know, there was one thing that, that didn't he, because uh, Ken asked if there was any scenes that they remembered getting cut, that they shot that but got cut. And Yiji said, no, I don't, this didn't even get cut because I think we got rushed. But he said there was supposed to be a scene. In fact, they had a rigging where they were going to hook me up. And uh, the master actually throws me up, and I go clear to the ceiling, and it comes crashing down. And that's the point at which, you know, he kills him instead of just the <laughs> and drop uh. the floor. And he said he thinks they were rushed for time, but he said, you know, it, it, it sounded like it would have re- looked really cool. And, of course, then Gary Russell says, well, if it's any consolation, E.G., that's in the book. <laughs> so <laughs> apparently that's how the, he's dispatched in the book. So. so where do we find a copy of Doctor Who, the movie, the novelization? Know, you know, I think I have a digital copy of it. I, I, I would like so, to read that. Uh, I haven't read it, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Sounds so. phenomenal. Anyway, so it was a lot of fun, and I, I want to thank them for all of them for involved for doing that. because, And I, I so hope we can do some more of these because that was a lot of fun just to, to know that there were hundreds of people around the world I say hundreds. There might have been thousands. I don't know. I'd like to see what the numbers are. But uh, just to know there was at least hundreds of people around the world watching this at the same time and listening to the, this commentary, I hope it's something that we can do again with, with other... That would be really cool. I also should mention that if you missed today, the stream, the audio stream, the commentary is on Daphne's uh, page. Oh, okay, cool. Which is DaphneAshbrook.com. And if you go to slash regenerate, uh, well, right now it's dash, slash dash live stream, but I think there'll be a link on there where you can actually go and play that, and you can play it along at any time. Oh. So you won't be listening live, but you'll get the same experience and hear the same commentary. So we, is, we think about. that'll be something that'll be up for. I think so. I think I got the impression. I think Ken Ken said that that you know that, that'll be there, so available. So. I, it's on her YouTube page, so it's there for good. And it's not like they, they take that kind of thing down. So if you can't find it on Daphne's page, go to her YouTube, YouTube page. She search her YouTube page because she has maybe, a YouTube. Maybe we'll page. have that up and running in uh, in October when we read oh, that would be fun. The movie Ooh, that would be fun. Maybe we yeah. should. That'd be a lot of fun. So anyway, yeah. if if you missed it, go to Daphne's page, and uh, you can still stream that audio along with with your DVD. And they do a countdown, and you sync up and go, and everything's cool. good. So Sweet. all right. That's what I did this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we move on to news? What's in the news? Our first bit of news is kind of sad. Because mm. we always lead with the tragedy. I don't lead like sad news. Angus McKay passed away at the age of 86. Angus played Chancellor Barusa in The Deadly Assassin. And Aww. was also in... So now both 
Bruce he was also the headmaster in Modwin Undead. Oh. Ironically, uh, his other television credits include One Foot in the Grave. <laughs> I'm serious. It's right there on the list. You're just... <laughs> Keith, as a newsman, you know you're not supposed to do that. I know. <laughs> but DoctorWhoNews.com did that. Sean's trying not to laugh. He's trying not to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had to try to lighten the mood somewhat. <laughs> Didn't want it to be too depressing. Psychic predicts own death. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to some happier news. Well, this, no, is this isn't happy news either. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's on a different level of disappointment or sad. Yes. I thought it was happy. It's good sad. It's good sad. You thought it was happy? I thought it was happy. It's good sad. Yeah. It's nice sad. Were you like bawling over your Take it your away, screen what? With <laughs> tissues watching this? I it was somber. You're leaving everyone with bated breath. Let's go. What's the <laughs> um, Matt Smith's video of thanking fans and crew and, and, crew and, su- and uh, for all their support right. with flashcards. <laughs> well, it's done in the vein of that uh, Bob Dylan uh, video, and I can't remember the name of the, the song that he does it. But it was also done. It's been it's been mimicked. Was it a Bob Dylan video first. I think it was because it's been mimicked over that the years. That explains a lot. <laughs> a lot. Of I, I remember. I remember the uh, in excess. Yeah, in excess did it. That's yeah. where I remember. It yeah, from. it was actually originally a Bob Dylan. Weird Al did it. I think it might be Subterranean uh, Homesick Blues. Okay, well, Weird Al did the the card video. For his song Bob, yeah. which is parodying Bob Dylan, right, and it's nothing but palindromes, and that's right. what he does. But I, I thought yeah, Bob, I, Bob actually did a, a. I thought he was parodying. I the say video. video. It that was. It was a. It's, it's a. It was a quasi video because it was pre videos, but it was a. It was a film. It was a, it was it was a, a promotional video. video. Yeah, yeah. It was a All film. music videos were music videos before they were music videos. That's true. <laughs> that is very true. Um, some of them just longer than others. But um, yeah, no. So that was a. It's. It's. I think what. 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 Real, what, real quick. Real quick. Real quick. Because okay, you said okay. this, and I'll forget otherwise. I can tell you. You know what I bought at the store that came in? It was Bob Marked, Dylan video? No. No. It was marked 99 cents at work. <laughs> you know what I bought? You know what I bought? What, what, what? <laughs> Moonwalker. Oh, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson's <laughs> Moonwalker. We didn't bring that up when we watched it. Yeah, gone. Sorry. <laughs> we, you watched Moonwalker? Yeah, you well, guys watched it? during, uh, which it was, which which party was that? I don't know, wasn't one of those things Labor, when we got It wasn't together. the Labor Day, it was the Saturday. One, one of those things we got together. It was Patrick's Fox birthday. Or, oh, Patrick's birthday or something. We just like, we just got thrown in, and a group of us kind of wound up zoning out to Moonwalker. <laughs> Mesmerized <laughs> to most of it. It's such Are you a good okay? Film. Are you okay? Um, <laughs> yes, I said it. It's anyway. such a good film. <laughs> I think it's better only, than uh, Superman three. I, I I completely was not disappointed with Matt's video. I thought it was a wonderful oh. sentiment to fans. The problem I think is is you do this very clever flip through the cards and then he and talks then, and then, then he, talks. he talks and recounts pretty much everything he said in the cards. And I thought it would have been more clever if he had just set the card or you know dropped the last card, turned around, and walked away. I think that would have been even more I don't know um, artistic. Yeah, but I agree. Was I agree. Game. I agree. Because the moment he started talking. He it was awkward. Sh- he couldn't shut up. Yeah, he was just was blah, 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 and going a mile a minute. And it's like, oh, train wreck. No, <laughs> stop, man. Leave it be, man. Leave it be. Where was your editor? <laughs> anyway, I'll on tell the streets you. of Detroit, though. Yeah, it was on the streets of Detroit. And I That's think, another reason I think, he should have got out of there a lot faster. You know, <laughs> it may not have been, but it looked very much like the street that they shot Dylan's uh, video on. I mean, I don't know if it is. Maybe that's why. Maybe similar. that's why they. That's why he did I it that way. Why he did, yeah. Anyway, if you get, I think it. I think it's subterranean. 
Homesick Blues. I think People it's the one that has the, has the... Is there an in the book for that sort of thing? <laughs> Why wouldn't I? I mean, there's, I'm sure there's a wiki. Um, yep, it is. I was right. You were right. Oh, my gosh. I know my dad. Wow, that's the, that's the most apt sign he could ever hold. Yeah, right there. I can't sing. I can't sing. Can't sing. Yeah. Well, he always admitted. He always admitted he couldn't. He wasn't a singer. He was a poet. Why is he dressed like Tom Solo in that video? <laughs> that's a better question. Um, so yeah, that, that was a pretty cool. Now there has been some speculation, and I'll go ahead and say it. And I hope people don't mind that I'm saying it because it's out there right now. I don't think we it's not on there rumors has and speculation. Been some speculation. It's, it's not based on anything other than this video, right? Yeah, there is some speculation based on this video that because he's thanking Moff and the crew. That he's done, that he has already shot his regeneration scene, and that the Christmas special might start with the regeneration. Maybe the fiftieth will end with the regeneration. They have not started shooting this. Thing. That would be interesting. So, yeah. So there's some speculation that that could have happened that he may have already shot his regeneration, knowing that he was going to have to shave his head for this movie. <laughs> yeah. Because it's it's shaved in the. And, and they're the only video. a couple months away from starting the, starting the film, and right. it's no way it would it grow long. It wouldn't exactly. look right. Exactly. And would that potentially mean they've already known who's taking over? For no, him? Not necessarily. It could. They could just. Do the, do the thing. Well, yeah, and they then can't be in the same scene. Well, that's just it. They can't be in the same scene. Well, they're not going to share know the how. But, but, but he and, and Tenet were stages. on set together. Well, yeah. But well, he and Tenet were. Oh, I see. When they were in that regeneration. Yeah. 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 So. But they already knew. But were they knew Eccleston and Tenet on set but then, together? My point is they don't yeah. have to be. No, they weren't. They don't have to be on set together. Well, they might have been. They don't have to be on set together because... You never see them. Yeah, you just together. go to a huge flash of white and then right. bring in the other guy. And, or you can even do it in editing once. Yeah, now now that they've added the fancy yellow stuff. Yeah, it just goes whoosh, and then you yeah. cut. And Poof. Whoosh, and there's the new guy. Or, anyway, know. I thought I'd throw that out there because that is some of the speculation. There's no, there's nothing behind that that absolutely... A random. Interesting. Yes, yes. And let's move on to our last bit of news, which uh, <laughs> it's really rumors. But I think the news story here is the back and forth that has happened over the course of two weeks. There's been a lot weather. of... Yes, oh. they have found missing episodes. No, they haven't. And BBC has spoke out on it and Finally. said, There are always rumors and speculations about Doctor Who missing episodes being discovered. However, we cannot confirm any new finds, according to a statement. But there was a huge... Interchange with Ian Levine, I saw yeah. on Twitter. Well, and see, that's, that's not even the final word, though. The final word I felt was from the the, the people who yeah, were that's, doing what the, gonna, the yeah that's what I was going to that's what I was going to draw to. to yeah, was because uh, BBC that you notice the BBC thing just says we cannot confirm, confirm yeah. which is totally evasive and meaningless. So you might the, as well not the, even release a statement at that point. The the person that certainly has it is Philip Morris, who's supposed to have these episodes now is Philip Morris, who's an archivist, right? And he has said that uh, his. Uh, uh, group, the Television International Enterprises Archive, does not hold any missing ep- episodes of the long-running Doctor Who series. The original videotapes were wiped, and subsequent film copies uh, were either returned to the BBC or sent to landfill. Odd fragments have surfaced two episodes on 16mm film, but that's it. The programs in question, like many others, were destroyed as they had no further commercial value. They are not missing, but destroyed. The end. I am sorry if this upsets some people, but these are the facts. I have also become aware of the tracking of some of our client shipments. These are uh, local cultural materials sent to us 
for mitigation to a modern format as the playback equipment in the country of origin no longer exists and as as such is the best road to preserve international cultural heritage. I will be making no more statements on this subject. Philip Morris, executive director of the TIEA. So that to me is that kind of to the me final. Is, yeah, that's right. the final. And, 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 and that makes me wonder if Ian Levine was wanting attention. But, well, no, <laughs> that could be, but possibly. I mean, because a lot of people really got excited again over the fact that this could be real because Ian Levine really was the the guy that started the movement and he did rescue uh, the Daleks. He was the one that rescued the tapes for the Daleks yeah. so that they would not get wiped, they would not get trashed. And he started this movement uh, uh, across the world to find these doc- missing Doctor Who episodes and, and it's his crew that unearthed a good chunk of them. So when this man starts saying, you know, he's he, Debunked the yeah. rumor first and, and said, oh, "This is no, the, no, this is not, this is not happened." But then suddenly turned around, changes tune, and said, I, "I've actually seen the evidence or have the evidence." I wonder if it's this shipping order that he felt was enough of an evidence that. To I I don't know I we we've kind of danced around Ian Levine a lot on various issues with Shada and some of the other things, and for as much of a blowhard as he comes across at times, I I, I really honestly believe that his heart. Is in the right place. I, I think it is ninety percent of the time. Too. And I think telling everybody initially, no, we're done. We're not going to find any more. This is it. There will be one hundred and seven missing episodes of Doctor Who forever, and we're, we're we're finished with this. Is such a death blow mm-hmm. to the hope that there well, is still an episode well, yeah, or two out there somewhere. Yeah, nobody wants to hear that. And for him to come out and say that, I thought was wow. That's that really in my mind kind of did it. And then come around and do a complete about-face on Twitter and say, I'm wrong. I believe that there's hope now. I've seen the evidence. There's mountains of evidence, and I believe this guy. Yeah. He says, I'm not going to come out and say that it's there. I'm going to come out and say that I believe it could be. Okay, that is a huge flip onto the other end now. And he hasn't said anything since the other guy's statement. So right. Maybe the hope still exists and it's still out there, and I've got my rose-colored glasses on. <laughs> well, there's a fast one, but there's there's a large part of me that thinks this is done that that, that that it doesn't exist. This was just a rumor, and that this was mistaken identity here, yeah. as far as this goes. But there's a little tiny part of me that wonders if Morris and the BBC want this to be a big surprise for fans, and that that this leaked out too soon, and they're adamantly de- denying it and making stories up so that. They, they can still be a pleasant surprise for us. Unfortunately, the BBC, that's not in the character of the BBC to do that. It's because when something gets leaked with the BBC, as much as they hate that, they do come out and usually say, all right, this is, yeah, this it's, is it's what has happened. To to own right, to it exactly. That, they do know. own up to it often. So I, We'll see. I, I think know. BBC would be smart to maybe, and I, I don't know how things are run differently over there, but... Um, Marvel has kind of taken this stance with any of their things. You're not going to hear anything from anybody until it's posted on the website. When it's posted on Marvel.com, well, then it becomes official. They're, they're taking that stance from Lucas. And that's because Star right. Wars did yeah. it first. Right. Star Wars was very much, when you see it posted here, that's right. where you'll know. And so I think BBC might be smart to kind of go, okay, this is the new... <laughs> well, especially since they have Doctor Who TV now. Yeah. This is where you'll hear it, and if there's anything, this is where you'll hear it first. And I don't, right. I don't know. Maybe they can't clamp a lid that tightly on, you know, all of their different departments. Well, so they, have, they obviously have, huge. yeah, they obviously have 
some. They've got moles all over yeah, the place. They've got, they've got moles and holes. So, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm still glimmer of hope. I, re- I refuse to believe. I'm, I'm just going to come out and say it. I refuse to believe that we found all there is to find. I understand the sentiment from everybody who's saying, "Enjoy what we have. Right, Be thankful right. well, for yeah. what and we and have." I totally and, get and, that. And thankful that the BBC has gone ahead with. Uh, Using the the surviving audio and animating these episodes well, yeah, because that too. I mean that's the second best thing to me as far as, as getting to see these episodes. I one hundred percent agree. It's the closest thing we'll get to that so far. So I one hundred percent agree with that. Anyway, I just, we're going to. I refuse to believe that we're done. Done. I done, think we're done, going to put done. this to rest though for now, at least the speculation until there's something again that's more. Yeah, of course, as soon as we say this, you know tomorrow morning <laughs> tomorrow there's going to be, be something. Yeah, we'll again, come out so. and everybody will be like, "Those Vortex boys were wrong Guess again." That, <laughs> that was that was so funny because I hadn't even I got I got delayed last week putting the show up, and we had already talked about you know ooh missing tapes. This could be yeah we're hopeful, and it it wasn't even before I got the thing posted that they were already debunking that. I thought, <laughs> of course we're going to be we're going to be out late talking about hey this great wonderful news story that we all ho- are very hopeful for, and then. It's already been shattered for everybody, but anyway. At least there was a lot of back and forth. That's right. Yeah, well, then I was hopeful again when on Wednesday it was suddenly, hey, wait, this might not be over. I, it, it really... And then on Friday, and I had to post the one that was like... <laughs> that, was, that, was, uh, that was the nail in my coffin, is when I saw you had posted, well, this might be the Here's end the, of that rumor on Facebook, and I got the notification. Here's Traveling the funny Vortex thing. just posted, and I was like, oh. Here's the funny thing. You hadn't posted any of the stories, right? Uh-uh. Okay. Sean posted well, the first one on Facebook saying, "Maybe, hey, missing episodes. And then I posted one saying, oh, no, that's not true. And then Sean posted one saying, well, wait, it's not dead yet. And then I posted one saying, yeah, it's pretty much dead. So I kept thinking, oh, man, I'm the, at least it doesn't say who we are because I'm not on the bear of bad news. You're the bear of But that's oh. totally us. That's the story. That's so true. And Keith, the disinterested third party, going, eh, I might have, I, I might have, Keith, I might have posted Keith the, the... Keith is the... Eh, I'm just going to wait and see what happens. 50th anniversary. Is it on TV yet? doesn't count. <laughs> I might have posted the second io9 article. Maybe you did. I, I don't know. I, I remember doing that. I don't remember. That. But yeah, I realized that I had posted the... No, no, wait! <laughs> it's not dead yet! I'm going to come out with one tomorrow. <laughs> this just in! You're going you're to post it as yourself. I dug through <laughs> Philip Morris's trash and found the canister labels that said Doctor Who. Take from that what you will. <laughs> He's a hoarder. Oh, He's got him in goodness. his basement. <laughs> well, should we move along to feedback? feedback? Let's move. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Doctor Number Five. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. Everybody in the Tartars, come on, let's ride to the planet around the corner. The gang say they want some fun and sun, but I really don't wanna see the master like I did last week. A little bit of Nissa in my life. A little bit of Adric by my side. A little bit of Tegan's all I need. A little bit of Turlo's who I see. A little bit of Perry in the sun. A little bit of Araman all night long. A little bit of Chameleon in the way. A little bit of Five makes Chrissy's day. <laughs> Doctor number five. That was great. That's the best one so far. 
<laughs> and you said type that up before we started tonight. Yeah, That's I still wasn't finished. Right <laughs> Oh, that was good. I like that. That's a tough one to sing along to. You did better with that one than you have some of the other ones. (laughs) Nice. Very nice, Sean. All right, well, (laughs) first up in feedback is Odd Duckville. Comment, question, question, comment, hijacking the Doctor Who feedback faster than a speeding bullet. Disclaimer, I'm going to spend maybe 30 seconds of this feedback on Doctor Who. I apologize in advance. (laughs) One, who I'd like to see the, as the new Doctor, Rupert Grint. For our starters, he's <laughs> famous on both sides of the pond. Secondly, you have yet another Doctor, Harry Potter Doctor Who crossover. And finally, the Doctor would live out his dream of finally being a ginger. If someone else has already named him, apologies. I still think it's good casting. Two, the silence. And with a subtle turn, I begin with the inevitable tangent. Right now, I view the silence the same way I viewed Project Cadmus on the Justice League Unlimited cartoon. When you witness a being of immense and extraordinary power and ability, it doesn't take a cynic to lay awake at night wondering what would happen if that person suddenly decided they were going to do things their own way. It doesn't matter how benevolent the person is now. If they fall, the repercussions could be dire. I also wonder if the silence falling represents the asking of the Doctor's real name to open a tomb or simply revealing the doc- who the Doctor really is, i.e. his true nature for the final battle. Just thinking aloud. Phil, I think we discussed that. I think that was my theory, was that, that silence falling wasn't what we thought it was, that it was actually the, the fact that the question was asked. Yeah. Hmm. I have no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Three, Man of Steel. I heard Sean and Glenn say it was a good superhero movie, but Superman wasn't in it or some such. <laughs> Not what we said either. Not what we said at all, Phil. You want to clarify what you said before he continues? That it was a, a good Zack Snyder superhero movie, but it didn't feel like a Superman movie. There you go. Not that Superman wasn't in it. No, Superman was totally in it. It just didn't feel like a Superman film. Go ahead. First, I'd like to explain, I'd like to quote a powerful genocidal alien and say, heresy. Then... I'd like to quote a different powerful genocidal alien. Explain! Explain! (laughs) I love the movie. It's definitely the best live-action Superman I've ever seen. And it's possibly I'd put it above the Bruce Timm animated Superman. I can't refute or rebut your comments, though without knowing where you guys are coming from, so I will patiently wait to hear what the dealio is and calmly absorb your no-doubt, well-crafted criticism before before I call you stupid heads. (laughs) (laughs) On my planet... It's the symbol for strange waterfowl, Phil. I think that's the problem is, have you... Sean and I never could put our finger on why it doesn't feel like a Superman film. I mean, we there were elements, but I just don't think we ever put a definitive I, I, I think why you why guys don't think it feels like... I thought it felt like a Superman film because you break it down, it's still about hope. That The core message of the movie is hope, and that's still very Superman to me. But it's a Superman for today's cynical age as opposed to the idealistic age of Reeves movies. How old's Phil? Are we considerably older than Phil, too? No, I think we're about the same age. Are we? Okay, because I wondered if maybe it's he, because... He might be steeped a bit more into the comic book lore and the the, the TV show well, lore. For, for and all that, that could be, but yeah. I mean... And so, so he knows more of the facet and, of and what Superman can be. I, I'm a and super- for him to say that he likes this 
almost on uh, on par or not better than the animated Superman is saying something. See, he is very well they, versed they in the are, animated They are series. apples and oranges, but I, I, the animated series has always felt like Superman. I agree. I mean, it's, 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 it is just dead on what my impression of Superman is is from the comics, from the old movies, from everything. And as much as I enjoy the Christopher Reeve films, I'll yeah. I'll go on record and say the animated series really is probably you're 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 one hundred percent right. It is the flavor of Superman. Yes, that's absolutely. what makes the animated series work. Is that this Superman? One, that's just it. Man of Steel is lacking the flavor. It has all of the elements. It has all of the history. It ha- it does a very good job of sticking to the Superman mythos, to sticking to the Superman story, to sticking to the the base spirit of Superman, but it doesn't quite have the Superman flavor that everything else does and that, and that, that the animated series does so well. And so I think that's where I come from. And again, it's a, I grew up as a Silver Age and early modern age reader of the comic books, and that's the Superman that I grew up and loved. Now, I did go through the whole uh, de- you know, death of Superman and the, the rebirth and whatnot where, where they tried to make Superman darker and edgier and I actually went through it the first time when uh, John Byrne reinvented the Superman uh, uh, mythos. But again, even when Byrne did it, doing taking some some very different turns and twists with with the Superman story, although it was still very based in in, in the origins, it, it still had that flavor. It still had that Superman the, the flavor of Superman. This film just doesn't quite get there for me, and I think that's why. And don't get me wrong, I thoroughly enjoyed this film. Yeah. I, I, I'm not poo-pooing this film at all. <laughs> it, was, it was a fun ride. It was visually spectacular. I think Zack Snyder is still a fantastic director. It just, it there's just something there about it, and I think it's. I think you said it. I, the flavor is just not there. This isn't as drastically different as, say, reading the Red Sun comic, right? Where yeah. they, re- they re-envision <laughs> what if he landed exactly. in Russia instead of Kansas. Yeah. Exactly. It's not that drastically different, but it it feels like a not a not not a uh, not an alternate universe, but a parallel one that's maybe just a few degrees off of mine. Uh, I, I don't, again, I can't put my fingers 100% on what it is. And I've been roasted over the coals because I said at work, I said, well, it's a little darker than I like my Superman. And everybody came back and said, it's nothing like Batman. I said, I didn't say it was Batman dark. Yes, Batman's dark. I agree, Batman should be dark. I have no problem with Batman dark. But Batman, dark Batman makes a lot of money, and then everybody goes, well, we need a dark Green Lantern movie. No, you don't. Yeah, you don't. That's exactly right. Well, that's, here's yes, the, here's the thing is the, the only things that ruin the Batman in, in, in current media are the, the last two Batman films in the first anthology. Because, honest to God, I loved what Tim Burton did with Batman. I thought it was yeah. dark and edgy, and it still it had, it had the feel and the flavor of what was going on in the pages <laughs> of The Dark Knight in the comic books. It was it was turning very dark. It was not our sixties, our parents, you know, nineteen <laughs> sixties uh, 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 television series Batman, no, which which not. which that was the flavor of the Silver Age. But in the modern age of Batman, it was very dark. It was gritty. That was at the time that that, that Jason Todd was killed or allegedly killed. We know he didn't actually get <laughs> no, killed. Nobody it. ever dies in the yeah. Uh, but anyway, but it was <laughs> it was it was when 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 Bruce Wayne was dealing with these really harsh things, and and then came about later after that. You know the 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 uh, the the Bane series. I mean, it yeah. was all in that very dark, edgy. What what Nolan translated to film. Unfortunately, you have those two films that, that that brightened it up, and Joel Schumacher just completely ruined the franchise for the, for the 
and so everybody felt like you know Batman was too happy and, and colorful, and we needed a darker and edgy Batman, which we did. But Batman has never in the comics been bright and, and no. colorful and comic and comedic in in the modern era. It's With, interesting to listen to Schumacher talk too, because he's gone on record saying that before Batman Forever hit theaters. Warner Brothers had struck a deal with Kenner on the toy line yeah, for the yeah. next film and I came to it and that. said, you need to work this stuff into the movie because this is the toy line for the next one. And by the way, you're going to start tomorrow. <laughs> and he was like, what do you mean i got to work this in the movie? And he, he, he claims up and down all day long that the studio interference is what ruined Batman and Robin. I believe I, it. I don't know that I can see it. There were so many decisions that Schumacher was responsible yeah, for yeah. in Batman Forever that set that path. Right, exactly. That I exactly. don't know that I can. Now Warner Brothers. It's not entirely. It's not Let's entirely not Warner Brothers' fault. But Let's it's not forget not... that Warner Brothers is the studio that brought us the Snap Case <laughs> <laughs> for our DVD collections. So they screw up plenty of things, but I, I, I find it hard to believe that they are solely responsible. So for I'm sorry it, so. I took you down the Batman route, but sorry, yeah, you're, it, it's not you saying that it it, it, it shouldn't be Batman, because it wasn't. I mean, it was it was not that dark and no, gritty. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely not, not at all. It just, and Keith's right. There's still, there's there's, still hope. There's, there's still hope. It's still it a just, story of hope. For, for, it just At no point in time during the end battle did Superman reflect on the idea that... I should take this fight somewhere else. Yes, that exactly. bothered me because exactly. he's he's not acting in the best interest of Metropolis. He's right. not acting in the best interest of humanity. Of Earth. He's he's out to beat up this guy who threatened his mom. Right. And I don't right. have a problem with that. Right. If somebody threatened my mom and I had Superman powers, I'd go bounce him off a cornfield too. But you you, you got to kind of have that give and take with him. And I think there, there's an article out there, and I'll see if I can find the link for it, that really kind of hit the nail on the head for me as to why the flavor wasn't quite right and it, it, it goes back to the Cadmus discussion is that nobody can trust Superman now with the universe that you've set up and this oh, idea yeah. of hope how can you really trust this guy he lived among you, he lied about who he was he never came forward until he was forced to by this alien yeah. entity yeah. who threatened the entire planet did destroy most of Metropolis and caused all this bad stuff, how can you trust this guy now to be a savior and a protector I mean, he won't even let the military follow him around with one of their drones. Right, right. Now, should he? No, absolutely not. But I just, <laughs> I, I'm just saying that that's kind of the, the, the now, as you pointed out, the cynical age. And I, and I, I, hope, I don't like the cynical age. I, I don't want to live the, in the cynical age. I, I want to live in the hopeful, shiny, happy age. And I hope the second age show, the second age, the second film shows uh, Superman earning the trust of of society, earning. The I think trust that's the direction of, they need to go. Yeah, I, I think so. If they do that, then this one will come. It, it'll, it'll be like the first part of that trilogy be, you always talk about. You, that it'll it'll really raise it. In my estimation. You know, I loved Batman Begins, but there was a lot of things that Dark Knight fixed that I had problems with Batman Begins. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm hoping that that's the same thing that happens with this story. Is that I'm hoping that 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 the next Superman film is the Dark Knight of this series. Now I don't want to be dark. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm just not comparing them. I just want it to be the pinnacle film that makes the first film even better for me. Because, like I said, I loved Batman Begins. I think it was a phenomenal film, and I went into it reluctant because yeah, I was so mad that they were rebooting the Do- uh, Batman yeah, at the time. And then when I saw it, I, I I absolutely loved it. But then Dark Knight made it so much better. So. I really hope the next Superman film is the quest for peace of the series. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, one more thing before we move on. Yes. You, uh, about Zack Snyder's directing. I think it was you who mentioned that Krypton's very Star Wars. Yes. And I've, I've, after seeing it, 
I now want to see Zack Snyder direct episode eight. <laughs> that would be kind of give cool. yeah, JJ yeah. a chance for seven, oh. and then let's let's do it. Let's do JJ for one. Let's do Zach for one. Let's do another uh, yeah. director for the the. the, the I think that'd film. be awesome. I, I, I think I, let's rotate them out. Let's get some fresh blood in there and, and some ideas. Let's have nobody. That nobody structure. needs to direct an entire trilogy of Star Wars. No, exactly. Oh, no. That's what made the first That's trilogy what good. Mess yeah. up the, the and, and, prequels. Yeah. And I think Zack Snyder would be a great choice for the Empire of that series. For the next sure. trilogy, yeah. If the, if the second chapter is going to be agree. darker, Zack Snyder's the perfect choice. Zack will be our Irving Kirshner. Irving Kirshner. And, some and of Spielberg his, would have to be our Richard Marklin. Oh, Spielberg, that would be wonderful. He'll never do it. He will never do it. He said he will never ever do it. But that would be awesome. Because oh, a lot of the Krypton stuff did kind of have a Attack of the Clones feel to it. That's exactly. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. it felt very Attack of the Clones. Yeah. So anyway, we smell. We still may be stupid heads, but. Sorry, Phil. We're a bunch of stupid heads. <laughs> but you'll be happy to know I did start watching on your recommendation because Mel and I are watching Justice League. And he said, you can't watch Justice League without having watched the animated Superman. Because Mel and I watched the animated Batman. Right. We watched Batman. He said, you can't do it. You gotta, and I was like, yeah. no. I, 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 don't, I, I don't think you need to. And he goes like, no, no you have I to. would agree that with, with Phil. You do. Well, we yeah. got up through Justice League Season 1 with no problems. Started Justice League Season 2. And the premiere episode of Justice League Season 2 is this huge discussion between Batman and Superman about what Darkseid did to Superman at one point in time. And I was like, oh, maybe we needed to see that episode. <laughs> so we went back, and we're kind of cherry-picking our way through the animated Superman series to get the best episodes out of it. But well, there's we, not we, a lot we, there either. I mean, it's it's, it, it's, long. it's longer than Justice League got on TV. But yeah. it's they, I mean, there's three seasons, right, in there? Technically, f- according to Wiki, there's four, but the fourth season's only like three episodes. Yeah, it's so truncated, it's like, yeah. Yeah, what was the deal with that? But anyway, so, so yeah, uh, we, we are watching. the tagline? Yeah. You read his tagline? Okay, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I <laughs> anyway, so we're moving on now. Yes. Who's next? Up next is Alex. Alex writes, a a twinge of cosmic angst. Hey guys, Alex here. Just wanted to write in with a little bit of feedback for your fifth Doctor retrospective. But first, what's this? Could it be a tangent? We don't do those here, Alex. Never. Decided that never the format really never. <laughs> I love how everybody's warning us of their tangents now. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to give my yeah. For the record, guys, don't bother. Par <laughs> <laughs> for the course. I'd like to give my thoughts on Man of Steel because you were all discussing it last week, and I happened to go and see it the other day. As with Star Trek, my prior experience with Superman was limited, and as I've always been more of a Marvel guy, but I did have a basic working knowledge of the mythos going into the film, since it's pretty difficult to be a superhero fan without soaking up at least a little bit of Superman info in the form of background radiation. Anyway, since I'm not a hardcore Clark Kent fan, I couldn't tell you whether or not I felt they did justice to his character, his origins, or to the mythos in general. But I can say that whilst it was a great action film, from a character's perspective, it seemed rather dull for me. Superman, Lois, Zod, Russell Crowe, though the performances were great, the characters were all very cliché, uninteresting, and uninnovative in my honest opinion. Perhaps it's simply the fact that this is a reboot of a franchise that's, what, close to 80 years old now, or older? Maybe the characters only feel cliché because they're based on templates that were established long ago when the idea of Superman was original and inventive. I don't know, but alas, as much as I love the lasers and the flying and the explosions, on a deeper level, Man of Steel just failed to captivate me. Though I will say the pun at the very end of the film was absolutely (laughs) hilarious. Okay. And let me let me interject here too because that was another thing that I forgot to touch on was that's another flaw of this film is I didn't feel that the character characterization the the the, the emotional character moments were there like they are in Batman unless if we're going to compare it to another film Batman there's a lot of character moments and there's a lot of character development and it's the characters that drive the plot 
It's not necessarily the action. It's not necessarily the yeah. story. It's the characters. It's what's built around those. That's not done here. It's not done around Lois. It's not done around Clark. It's. I mean, it's done, but not not done well, and not done to the extent that it's been done. And in maybe that ties in with the yeah. three minutes yeah. or so. They, that they Field tr- was missing. Yeah. yeah, they try to do that with Zorel and uh, Laura, but it doesn't quite get there. It gets there better than any other part, except for Ma and Pa Kent. There's where the characters are. Yeah, and that's the heart of the film, in my opinion, is yeah, Ma and Pa I Kent, that. and that's what makes the film ultimately work. But I wanted more of that, and I wanted more of that spread around. But thank goodness that that was in there because that's where the character. If you of the didn't film have is. the the Ma and Pa Kent um, relationship yeah. down, all of the spectacle mm-hmm. would have. Fallen yeah. flat. It would have been Transformers, because and I wouldn't have cared. They re- <laughs> it is really emphasizes they're what molded and 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 transformed right. Clark, and that's that's why that's why Clark turns out the way he does, yeah. and, and and it's a good thing. So anyway, agreed. Anyway, back to who, not that you're not that you're wrong, Alex. Right, we're, right. we're never ever ever saying that. Obviously, all opinions are wrong. Well, but so. I guess what I'm saying is like I can see where he's coming from yeah, with no, that I, with, I, with his disappointment right. in the film. So. Anyway, back to who and to my old pals, the silence. I promise, no convoluted theorizing this week. Strax is working for the Merca. John Hurt is River Song. Eric Roberts is the Twelfth Doctor. That would have been a good one. You know, I'll tell you what. I could live with the other ones, but the last one, I'd be done. Okay, I'm done. No more Doctor Who for me. Eric Roberts is the Twelfth Doctor. It's just in. Introducing. It is over. The Merca as the Doctor. I'd accept that before. Yeah, I'd accept that before Eric Roberts. Uh, All right, sorry. I just wanted to offer an answer as to why the silence didn't show up at Trenzalore for one last attempt to stop the Doctor. Okay. It's because they think he's dead. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's a good point. (laughs) We know the Doctor survived his encounter with the astronaut at Silencia Lake, but do they know? Obviously not. That was kind of the whole point of the Doctor faking his own death, after all. So why bother showing up at Trenzalore to defeat somebody they think has already been successfully dispatched? That said, I would have loved to have seen a short bonus sequence in the middle of Name of the Doctor, set in the Silence's head office. Well, thank God we managed to kill the Doctor. Things would be going pretty badly right now if we'd failed, right? Wait, why are the stars going around? <laughs> well said, Alex. Very good. I'm glad you were able to defend that based on our discussion last week, because I thank still agree with your last week's... Th- thank you for uh, for keeping us on our toes and, and correcting us. <laughs> they think he's dead. Think oh, he's duh. Dead. <laughs> Oops. Forgotten that Sometimes, little plot yeah. point. <laughs> Too much glue in my head. Some of it's falling out. <laughs> so we're watching something this week, right? What am I going to jettison to make room for? <laughs> the silence. <laughs> Forgot about him. <them. laughs> <laughs> going down, going down the ramp to the memory furnace. It's <laughs> 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 the greatest moment in that movie. Ah. <laughs> uh, Okay, okay, sorry. I'm, I'm having a senior moment here. Uh, moving on to one of the main topics of discussion this week, the Fifth Doctor's Era. I remember writing in quite a good long while ago to talk about the fact that the Fifth Doctor was one of my least favorites. Oh, yeah, I remember that. So does Chrissy. I complained <laughs> Chrissy that it was too you fallible, it. too easily perturbed. I got quite a few passionate rebuttals. I'm looking at you, Chrissy. <laughs> <laughs> and looking back, I'm starting to see why. Quite recently, I was re-watching The Five Doctors, and for the life of me, I couldn't have told you why I disliked the Fifth Doctor so much. 
I still see the same flaws that I saw back then, but they just didn't bother me at all in this most recent viewing. They seem to simply be another facet of his personality, a quirk of character like Six's arrogance or t- uh, 10's inexplicable fondness for 80s punk rock. <laughs> it may just be The Five Doctors is an exceptionally well-done story, but whatever the reason, it really made me reconsider my stance on The Fifth Doctor, and whilst he isn't the one I would consider a favorite, I think that when I get around to watching his stories from the beginning to end, I'll have a newfound appreciation for this incarnation that I lacked when I was watching just the odd story here and there. There you go. I think there's a lot to be said for that. And, 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 I, and I think he's right. I mean, I've always felt that the, the Fifth Doctor is too fallible, too easily perturbed. But, but I think I've always thought it's just that's part of his personality. That's yeah. the Fifth Doctor. And yeah. that's never bothered me about him. So it's a, it's, a, it's a nice and different approach to the Doctor after four incarnations that weren't fallible or right. as fallible. Right, yeah. right, right. And especially coming off of Four's arrogance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially mm-hmm. near the end, he True. became a bit more. So yeah, it's funny because watching as a kid watching for, I never ever 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 would have used arrogant as a word to describe him. I no. just wouldn't. Coming into this environment and being with you guys every week and getting feedback from our listeners, I totally see it now. Oh sure, sure. and I didn't then, and I don't know why. Yeah, I'm the same but, way. I'm the exact same yeah. way. I never would have said that, but now it's 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 just not that arrogant is bad. It's no, just, no. I, I, I again, never, though, I, and, and it's a different part of his character. Yeah, it's a and different part of, kind of arrogance of the, than the yes, other baker yes. has. Yeah. Part of the the evolution of that character yeah. as well. So yeah, and I, I freely admit that you know when 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 five started, my dislike of him was that well, you're not Tom. That's <laughs> <laughs> just I'm sorry. So. So I'm, I'm going through a lot of these same things myself and coming to these new realizations. Alex continues, right. I think that's all for me this week. I'm very much looking forward to the next episode, and I hope you three have had good weeks. Apologies for any typos or grammar errors. I'm not tired this week, but I am typing on my sheep pod so that pesky autocorrect could strike at any moment. You know how it is. One minute, you think you've gotten your words in the right order, then you get to the end of the sentence, and it all goes completely cranberry. <laughs> Bad man reference anyone. <laughs> Happy travelings, Alex. Sent from my iPod. See, I warned you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Alex. <clears throat> All right. Well, next up then is Chrissy. Chrissy has a novel here, so bear with us. We, it, you better start with her tagline. I am. Okay. But respectfully, so that it is long because from <laughs> this Chrissy, is her doctor. This is Chrissy's doctor. <laughs> All right. Chrissy writes celery, beige, and cricket, and a lot of heart. Dear Vortex Boys, quick report from Regenerate. Wow, that was fun. It it was basically like Friday Night Who with tons more people. I was just glad that I had had experience with Friday Night Who before uh, so I could keep... I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going down the line. Before, so I knew how to keep up with typing my own comments and reading other people's. I saw that Glenn, Brittany, and Michelle... Well, hey, that's why I forgot was there. <laughs> no, I, I said Michelle. I said Michelle. Michelle. You're right. Uh, we're all there. Google Plus kicked me out partway through, but I could still hear the commentary from Daphne Ashbrook, Gary Russell, E.G. So, and Kim D. So I kept on with Tumblr. I hope that everyone had fun with it and that your other listeners who were there talk about their experiences because it was a great time. It seems like it's been a busy, busy week with news, or non-news as the case may be. I'll just say that this whole thing, this whole missing episode soap opera, you, you, 
I'm sorry. I'll just say this about the whole missing episode soap opera. You never know how much you've gotten your hopes up for something until someone comes in with a really shouty statement (laughs) written in all caps to totally dash those hopes to pieces. I didn't think I was that excited about the potential for something, someone finding the missing Doctor Who episodes until I heard that there was zero chance of anything being found. But as Dr. Phil said on his Facebook page on Thursday, sorry for stealing your thunder, Dr. Phil, but I thought it was brilliant. Let's be grateful for the episodes we do have, and remember that the audios of these stories exist as well. One of these days, you guys should review the BBC audio versions of Marco Polo or The Massacre, because they are just very good. And we will at some point. We certainly will. Speaking of reviews, Inferno. This story narrowly beats out Spearhead from Space as my favorite story for Pertwee's first season. All of it is great. The story, the pacing, the acting, the effects, all of it. I love it. The alternate universe is used so well in the plot, but they never forget about the real world with Unit and the Brigadier and Liz. And you can tell the actors are playing the alternate parts of their real world that are playing the alternate parts of their real-world characters are having so much fun being the villains, quote-unquote. For lack of a better term, they really aren't villains in the traditional sense. They've just never met the Doctor, and they're naturally suspicious of him when he suddenly appears in their world. I can't say enough good things about this story, and I'm glad that I finally own it on DVD. And now to switch gears. I believe you're doing the, the Fifth Doctor Who retrospective, this Fifth Doctor retrospective this week. Hold on while I get my fifth doctor hat and celery. You can't see it, but I'm wearing the coat, hat and coat right now. Maybe I should send a picture. <laughs> Which she did. She does. She attaches it to the, the email. All right. Anyway, the fifth doctor. I guess I should start with what episode I think is most representative of the fifth doctor's era. I was looking over your poll and trying to decide which story I should vote for. Problem is that I've seen all of the Peter Davison era stories, and there are ones I'd pick that Keith hasn't seen yet. I almost picked Ark of Infinity, but that was more of a what could have been for the Fifth Doctor, just traveling with Nyssa instead of having the full house TARDIS. I did think of Resurrection of the Daleks just because of how dark and grim the Fifth Doctor's era uh, trends toward at the end, and even a little bit in the beginning if you look at it in a certain way. But I finally chose The Visitation to be my representative Fifth Doctor story. There are these three companions, Adric and Tegan Bicker with the Doctor. Nisa tries her best to make things work. The Doctor finds a one-off companion to have an adventure with. The Doctor does everything he can to make a bunch of violent mobs sit down and settle their differences with very poor results. So, out of, the cho- out of the choices given, I'm going to have to say that the Visitation is the most representative of the Fifth Doctor's era. And as for the Fifth Doctor in general, I guess I could say why I guess I could say why I love him so much. For me, the Fifth Doctor is easy to relate to. He's someone I could be friends with, someone I could talk to, and who would listen. He isn't loud and boisterous, even though he is capable of doing so. He's often described as the most human of the Doctor's incarnations, and I think that that's very, a very appropriate description. He likes to think through problems and resolve them with a calm, rational way. The problem is that most of the conflicts he encounters are not calm or rational. He often deals with people who are just plain crazy, and that unsettles him to the point where he's scrambling for a solution. And the fifth doctor is at his absolute worst when he's scrambling at the last minute. 
He doesn't do well under pressure, but I think that makes for some of the best stories like Warriors of the Deep, Resurrection of the Daleks, and The Caves of Adrazani. But also, and I'm going to head into spoiler territory, Keith, but I don't see any other way to do this era justice without mentioning this. He does amazing things when he can slow down and calmly think of answers to problems. Snake Dance is a prime example of this. I would agree. While everyone else in the city is panicking, the doctor finds a place to meditate and center his energy towards defeating the Mara. The Mara is an entity that feeds on chaos, and the fifth doctor is the very opposite of chaos. Similar things happen in Kenda as well. The fifth doctor is also very patient and forgiving. The fact that he keeps Tegan on the TARDIS for so long is proof of that. But also with Adric and Turlow, the Doctor exhibits a very calm and precise demeanor. In Turlow's case, I'd like to think that helps Turlow learn to make good decisions and become a better person than he was when we first meet him in Modern Undead. For Adric, well, maybe that's what leads him to sacrifice himself against the Cybermen. Nyssa is the only companion that really meshes well with Five's calm personality, which leads to some really sweet moments in Big Finish when it's just the Doctor and Nyssa. Nyssa present, uh, Nyssa's presence often keeps the Doctor from delving into sheer panic when things go wrong in the Big Finish stories. The Stockbridge story is full of really good examples of this, and it's one I highly recommend. And because I know you're going to discuss it, if I were to introduce the first doctor, first doctor to a newbie, I would start at the very beginning of Five's run because that's where I started. Again, I know Keith hasn't seen it, but Castrovalva, got it, provides <laughs> such a great introduction to how the Doctor is going to be. He's newly regenerated, still working out the kinks in his personality, and his companions aren't quite sure how he's going to turn out. But there is a great scene in episode one where the doctor has finally calmed down and he tells Nyssa and Tegan that he knows their strengths and their capabilities and they're all going to get through this turmoil and things are going to be just fine. That particular scene meant a lot to me the first time I saw it because I was going through a lot of personal turmoil and angst and I think that's when I knew I was going to love the fifth doctor. Five, I think, is the doctor that finally understands that, that people around him are not as smart and experienced as he, and he is, but he can find the good in them. Whether or not they're going to see the good in themselves is another question, but he wants to do everything he can to bring out their greatness and potential. Five really believes that people are good at heart, and that can, be, that can come back to bite him. But most of the time, it turns out to be a good thing, and the universe is better for it. It means a lot to me, anyway. Sorry I rambled on about this, but I have to echo what David Tennant said in the Fifth Doctor Revisited special. The Fifth Doctor is the one that I hold very dear and it's that I hold very dear and it's for those reasons that I just described. He's the doctor with a lot of heart, even more than the two he's got beating in his chest. <laughs> I'll also or I'll close up now and let someone else have a turn. Talk to you all next week, Chrissy. And again, like I said, she posted a picture of her in her Doctor Who, Fifth Doctor outfit. Very good, Christine. Thank you, Very Chrissy. well put. Eloquently said. Eloquent. Up next is Holly. 
She writes, Inferno, hey guys. The third Doctor having to head to a drilling site where things aren't quite on the up and up. Great to have another unit story with both the Brig and Benton. The Doctor's just a little bit gruff with the Brig at the start. But then again, having to deal with Professor Stallman would have made anyone snippish. Sir Gold, you mean Sir Keith Gold, really needs a medal for having to deal with him and for what he had to go through just to make it to the minister to tell him what was going on. I'm really thinking the doctor was coming up with ways to get back at Stallman along with the brig at the end of the story. I love how the brig yelled at Benton to show some initiative when he wanted to go wanted him to go and get Stallman. I'm sure the brig wouldn't have objected too much if Benton would have winged him out with his rifle. Well, we get another use for the Dr. Sonic screwdriver, a garage door opener, <laughs> unless it's a different gadget that he's using that looks like the Sonic screwdriver. I think he called it the the, gra- uh, the uh, door handler. Yeah, the door handle. actually called it. It was kind of hard to tell. Well, he says door handle at one point. Liz says the doctor calls it the door handler. She actually says handler. So I don't it, know if that was it didn't, a flub. It didn't look like the Sonic or, to me. No, I, I, uh, it probably uses the same Sonic technology. but It yeah. handles the door. It's yeah, a door it handles handler. handles the door. <laughs> I'm going to rename all of mine door handlers. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it. Uh, Put post-it notes on them. Door handler. The doctor pulling a fast one on Liz so we could try to get the TARDIS console was going was typical doctor. When the doctor arrived in the alternate universe, it was rather surprising to see Liz with short brown hair. Benton sure wasn't winning the doctor over at all with his rough treatment. I don't blame the doctor (laughs) for breaking out the Venusian karate on him. And she says that correctly. Yeah, it was that's karate. That's what they called it in this one. It wasn't Taquito, and that's, it was Venusian karate. Uh, I have to tell you a little bit about that if you haven't watched the uh, making of. I've watched the making of. Did you watch the making of? I watched of? part of it. You watched part of it. Which they talked about that. Yeah. Well, he doesn't even, they don't even address the fact that they called it karate. No, but they, they said they didn't, they didn't want it to be karate. Yeah. They wanted it to be Aikido because the doctor wouldn't use karate because that's a, that's a def- offensive, a, a, offensive yeah. uh, or offensive uh, martial arts. But Aikido is not. It's a, uh-huh. defensive. It's a defensive. It's always defensive. And so that's why they decided to use Venetian Aikido. They never addressed the fact that and this story actually say Venetian karate, so. but I think this is the that was the first instance of this Venetian. Was. This was yes being mentioned at all. So they were still tweaking it. Yes, we changed afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> um, I was glad to see that the brig, brigade leader Brig was starting to see the doctor. Brigade leader Brig, I like that. Brigade leader Brig, <laughs> as not a tra- traitor or a spy, and that he actually might be telling the truth. Stallman's still Stallman in this universe and not wanting to stop the drilling no matter what, even if it means that everyone goes out in a blaze of glory. Sutton's face off... That would have been a good theme song for this one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sutton's face off... Where was I? With the Brigade Leader Brig was quite... Something. I kind of like the plot in the alternate universe with Petra and Sutton having a relationship and then seeing it happen again in the real universe was cool as well. Really loved the ending of the story when the doctor tells the brig off and then comes back seconds later, covered head to toe in garbage, and apologizes to the brig in his, his own roundabout way and needing help to get the TARDIS unstuck from where he, she unfortunately landed. <laughs> Looking forward to what you and the others have to say about the story, Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. 
We appreciate your comments. As always. And we'll get to that in a bit, but first we're going to discuss the Fifth Doctor here. We are. We're going to we're gonna do that. We're going to uh-huh. do fool you, change it up this week. <laughs> <laughs> we have to keep it fresh every once in a while. All right, well, who wants to start? Because I'm, I'm a little like Chrissy. I've seen enough of stuff that Keith hasn't seen that I there are at least two other stories I think I would... I think... I would uh, say summarize the Fifth Doctor better than anything we've seen so far. It's like Keith Stern. So I've only, there's only six I have not seen, right? Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, I think that's right. I I have not seen. Well, let's do the list real quick. Castor Valva. Have I seen Foreign Doomsday? No, nope. oh, no, nope. kinda. Kinda. kinda, kinda, kinda. It's kinda, kinda, kinda. That's kinda, kinda. Kinda. He'll, kinda. Say, he'll say kinda in the episode. Oh, they're pronouncing yeah. it wrong. And it's not Mara. It's Mara. <laughs> Snake Dance. Or no, it's not Mara. It's Mara. Frontios and Caves of Adrazani. Correct. I I agree a lot of with what Chrissy said of his personality, and that's one of the things I do like about him. Not necessarily always his crowded Tardis, but he 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 is a very what's the word endearing endearing uh, doctor. That yeah, he is somebody that you could genuinely be friends with and have a back and forth truly as opposed to other ones where you'd give and you'd give and you'd give and you'd get nothing back. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, as far as the best representative of his era, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> it's tough. It's really it tough. Really tough. Which, is Terminus the one where... Well, that wouldn't be a good example yeah. either, because that's... The Ship of Lepers. Yeah, I really like that that's one. That's last story. Nessa leaves. The gump is there. <laughs> the gump. <laughs> but in the middle of that Turlow story, I don't think that would be a good representation. That's what's tough, is because... It, it's, it, there's, you, you, there's arcs. Unfortunately, I have to use... Uh, if, I, if I go to one... Earthshock's going to be my choice. I'll, I'll, I'll say that right now. Earthshock's going to be my choice. Not because it's such a good story, but be, I, I truly do think that the Doctor shines here. And I think that the Doctor really, he shows in the confrontation with the Cybermen, he shows the the love of his companions. He shows the, the how much he cares for his companions, especially when the one Cyberman threatens, uh, has the other one, or is going to have the other one kill, I think it was Tegan. And the doctor's he's he's trying this game of chicken, this standoff, you know, you know, as as though he, he's trying to turn it so that it, he, he he's as emotionless as the Cybermen. And they turn that on him and he stops him at the last minute, you know, saying, No wait, what did I need to don't and and so I think that that really shows his commitment to his companions and his his, you know, genuine love of, of his crew, essentially. So I think that's one of the highlights. I think that Earthshock has one has a lot of those moments that I, I, I'm sorry I hijacked this. No, that's Keith, fine. I just, that's fine. You still seem like you're struggling. Maybe I was going to help you out here, but but it seems like he he's massively in control of the situation for the majority of Earthshock. It's not until the end where he sort of starts to kind of lose control, and then he regains it again, obviously. But whereas a lot of the other Doctor stories, it is it's it's like Chrissy pointed out. It's there's always the chaos going on, and the Doctor can deal with things when things are subtle and calm, but he can't necessarily deal with him when there's a lot of things going on so he makes a lot of mistakes i don't even want to call them mistakes he makes little tiny 
fractional errors, but he always manages to get back on track. Whereas in, in Earthshock, there's a lot of it where he feels like he's in control and one step ahead of the Cybermen once he figures out what's going on. <laughs> but uh, you know, he always feels a one step ahead in that one, and it's not until later that he's kind of... So you see that even-keeled, cool-headed fifth doctor through most of Earthshock. And, so, and I think there's a lot of that when he finally gets level-headed in a lot of stories that, that works for him. So that's why I'd say... All of that said, though, I also agree with two. To me, they're stinkers. I don't. I mean, they're not horrible uh, uh, stories, but they're they're certainly not my favorites. I don't hold them up high as good stories. But I agree with our poll where the Visitation and Enlightenment both came in very high, and I think they are also very good representations would, of the Doctor because I think they show a lot of his personality. They show a lot of that level-headedness when he finally gets there. And that that ability to see the good in people, even even despite conflicts that are going on, he's able to see the good in others. I and think those that's are why, both representation of that. I think that's also why I lean more towards Terminus of that final bit where he's willing to sacrifice himself that's a good point. to save this entire ship of lepers. Yeah. And that is very much fifth doctor. If any of no other doctor I think could pull that off as well. I and that speaks a lot to his character and willingness to put himself on the line. I think that's true. Yeah. The Terminus would be a good choice then, yeah. I, 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 agree, the, I would agree. And really, thinking back on it now, there's not as much Black Guardian in it as like the two other two, because since it's the middle, yeah. the first and the last have more Black Guardian because it's bookending. Right. So yeah, I think Terminus is going to be my option. So would you introduce... I don't know if I'd introduce somebody, but yeah. I think that's the so best that's, representative. That's difficult. Yeah. That, that's that's too complete. There. Where's the leap? Yeah. <laughs> You're never going to let us forget that one, are you? <laughs> um, but Earthshock Earth no. then ultimately would be the one that I would introduce, introduce somebody. a newbie yeah. to, even though we lose a companion, but that would show a newbie that there's hope that we get rid of him soon anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. That was me. I, I really. Uh, fifth doctor. Or the <laughs> five doctors. Get a talk. We keep hijacking. <laughs> five doctors wouldn't be bad to introduce somebody to either. No, I disagree because there's too so? much going on. There's too much fan wing. Mm-hmm. There's too much. It depends on if, I used to depends think on if it's a new fan or I used if it's to a new who that. fan. Well, if it's a new who fan, I think you're okay. Yeah. If it's a new fan, yeah, then it's then just, it does. Yeah, you've got to have two separate definitions. That's a good point. I think Resurrection of the Daleks is another good example of his era. Really, I don't think there are many that are that I've seen that are way stepped outside of. Oh, that's nothing like what his time is like. Well, that's, that's a good true. point. Yeah. Is that it, the the it stories helps that shorter run too? The stories <laughs> in the Fifth Doctor's era are very even on the character. I mean, the char- he's he's the quality may be up unlike, and down. Unlike you know, I think there's there's times where even though Pertwee didn't change much himself because he went through different elements where we had the stranded on earth time and then the adventuring time you've got two different sides of the doctor at that point baker obviously he had seven years so his doctor evolved and changed as it went on davison didn't really davison was true to the the same character the whole the, the yeah. as the doctor the whole time he was there, on. Wa- there wasn't much evolution there if you go in fact all of the doctors kind of went through that we discussed hartnell being you know with susan without susan 
grumpy and then went of action. Trout, yeah. I don't think, went through much of a... He was a bit more even. Uh, 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 ...evolution during his time, but there's so few episodes that are complete, yeah. and that you can... I mean, because there's, there's only eight stories, you can't really see if there was an evolution there I'll or not. I'll tell you, I listened to Power of the Daleks, which is uh, his story, his first story, and he's he's very, very... He's a very different character. Not, I said very, but he's he's quite different than he is... Later than when we see him really? with with Zoe and, and Jamie, hmm. so maybe there I is attribute maybe there part is. of that, and I, and I need to listen to more closer to that beginning of, of his run. But I attribute a little bit of that to the fact that he's just come off of a regeneration, and we're being introduced to the Doctor, and he's trying to find his footing as well. So, uh-huh. but but so there maybe, is a maybe difference. from episode yeah. two on. He's, yeah, maybe, you know. and it might be like Davison. And we we have to be cautious talking about Costarvalva, but. Davison, the, the fifth doctor is a little out of sorts there at the beginning. I mean, right, it's, it's, there's, there's quite some wonkiness. So, I mean, that that, that kind of works in, in favor of what I'm and, saying. You know, Pertwee had, as you pointed out, on planet, off planet. So there was a change there. Baker's time frame, not only being long, was kind of all over the map because we, we talked about you've got the different eras. You've got the Gothic Horror. You've got the, you know, comedic Douglas Adams stuff. You've got, you know, the in between. So. And I, I think part of what keeps five even. Is the companions that overlap so much? Yeah. So he, he slightly changes when Turlo comes on board, but then Tegan's still there, and so then that changes, and then she leaves, and the it just gradual changes throughout the character when companions come and go. So full house Tardis probably benefits. Him it probably in that does. Yeah. But it keeps the Doctor even. Well, and, and throughout the run, at least th- throughout Doctor Who, the Doctor's always felt. I've, I've, I've always looked at it that, that he's always felt, despite his alien nature and that sometimes he keeps his companions at arm's length, he's always felt like a father or a grandfather or he, he's some sort or of... Or an eccentric uncle. Just an, yeah, eccentric uncle. Seriously? Yeah, exactly. He's always some sort of family relation. This is the first one, probably because of his age, but he really feels like he's kind of the older brother. Yeah. He, he's kind of like yeah. Grant in The Goonies. Right, where right. He's going to take a scolding to you, but at the same time he's going to get on his bike and go right after you when you do something stupid. Right, right. <laughs> and, and so having that crowded TARDIS, which was the detriment of a lot of the stories of his era, defined who he was as a doctor. Oh, absolutely. And, and really put that stamp on it. Um, I kind of disagree with you guys. This is going to sound weird. I thought about it and thought about it and thought about it, and I went back and forth on this. And initially I thought maybe Planet of Fire because I enjoyed that one so much, and it does have a lot of those elements that I look for in a, in a, in a, a five-story. But you're missing the credit TARDIS feel there. There's only two, and, you know, if we went down to one, it just, it just, it just not quite right. So then I went with Earthshock, and, well, because Earthshock's iconic, and for all the reasons that you, you agree that, you know, it, it is up in there. But I just couldn't settle on Earthshock. There was something about it that I, I, it didn't have the right flavor for me. To, to, to use that again <laughs> for, for the fifth Doctor's Hour, it's a phenomenal story. It's well done. It's got all those great things, but it just didn't feel right, and I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. And I finally decided, believe it or not, the five Doctors. Mm. Now, I told myself early when we started doing this, I was never going to pick a multi-Doctor story. I just couldn't do it. And Where'd that land because that five. because it's just not right. You, 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 there's so much going on that you couldn't. It, it can't be because it's an anniversary special, and you've got these other doctors, and, the, and you just just, you, you can't possibly say that that's the most representative. But it is, and I think it is because it has all the trappings of, of, in my mind of what you need. You've got the new console. You've got a crowded TARDIS. In this case, a very crowded TARDIS because you've got all these extra guest stars running yeah. around in it. Yeah. You've got the master. 
as your villain. You've got some Gallifreyan politics, which kind of seem to come back to haunt Five throughout his run with yeah, a little yeah. story. <laughs> so he, you know, he's constantly getting embroiled in that. And you've got those moments where the companions get to go off and do something. And he's off on his own. Albeit with other incarnations of himself. They're still with the Doctor, but they're not with him. Right, right. And he's there figuring things out. And he's got, as Chrissy said, he's got the kind of the time to be clever. Sort things out. Yeah. And when he's in Barusa's office looking at the painting and figuring out the, the musical key and being clever, that's that to me is, is what it is. And watching him go at the end of that story when he realizes the Bruce is the one that's actually behind all of it. And you see it on his face, and it's a full tribute to, to Peter Davison from acting and, and, and putting all this in there, that he goes from being the idealistic young college student who idolizes his professor to this, I can't believe you're one of them. And it, it, it just washes over him. Yeah, yeah. And, that's and, a good point. and that, to me, is really the moment that... that D- despite everything that he's gone through, despite the, the differences and the, the, the things that he has to put up with, he's always the optimist. He's always five is up. He is hope. He is the, the you know the epitome of this. And seeing that moment destroy him, and then the thing that I really like about it, and I think, I, and of course, if you pin me down, no, I couldn't pick out another instance. But it seems to me we always get a lot of the companions coming to the rescue of five. That because he's fallible, because he kind of winds up getting into trouble a little bit, that the companions kind of have to come help him out at times. And I just seem like yeah. that felt yeah. like there was a lot of that in his era. In this instance, it's the other doctors that come to his rescue, but right. for all intents and purposes, they're companions along the ride right, on this. Right. So that, to me, really kind of... Because the five, the five doctors really is still a fifth doctor story. It is a fifth oh, doctor yeah. really, story. And it, 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 it's, it feels like a fifth doctor story. Yeah. So and it's it's very much in the vein of, of you know what has come before I while just, still being special and I, there's a part of me that didn't want to go that route I just well, fought I, it and fought it and fought it but I I, kind of, because it is my favorite too I agree with so. I agree I agree with what you're saying I think the problem I have with the five doctors while it still is a five, fifth doctor story and it and it there's a lot of and it feels like a fifth doctor story he shares so much of the screen time with the other three doctors mm-hmm. and we we cut away from the story. That he, you know, that he's advancing. That his his story gets so truncated, and maybe that's why you see it as a better example because it's more focused. It's not no, it's not be. broad, but I think that's my problem with the five doctors is we don't get a lot of we don't get enough five to get the flavor that you need of, of five in that because we're constantly bouncing between other personalities. But in so many of the other ones, you're bouncing between the other characters. Well, because Tegan gets split off and does something, and I think that's I think that's true. Or, you know, but you're only splitting it by you know two or three ways. You're not splitting it between. Uh, companion doctor, companion doctor, companion doctor, companion. It's just between companion, companion, right. and doctor. So I, I just, I don't know. I just, to me, it doesn't give enough time. And but I, I certainly see your point of where you're coming from with it and why it would be. So I just, like I said, I fought it and fought it and fought it. And I, I we, we've we've talked so much where Team Tardis just seems like it's not a good idea for for storytelling because it's there's just too much going on. But it defines who he is. That is who he is. Mm, and true. so, I, you know, we, 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 we keep talking about how nice it would have been if he had gotten some alone time with Nyssa. Mm-hmm. And I think looking at the big finish, obviously, we get a different doctor a little bit. He's still kind of the older brother, but he feels a lot looser 
because he doesn't have the burden of right. keeping tabs on sure, everybody. Sure. So, you know, it's, it's a little different in the big finish well, stories. And but. I, I feel like he's, I don't want to say more trusting of his companions, but I think he sees his companions' strengths also. So he doesn't feel the need to have to keep tabs on the companions all the time because I think he believes, truly believes, that they can can watch after themselves. Yeah. He doesn't feel like he has to always be there to rescue them, that that. that they really can. They're capable. Yeah, they're capable. They're very capable characters, and I think that he he sees that, and that's another thing that I think maybe gives him more of the brotherly than the, the than, than the fatherly or, or the grandfatherly. Do, do you think that's because of the companions the that he's got? Them. I mean, Nissa well, is be. an accomplished scientist in her own right. She's as, a very smart cookie. As much Turtle as is advanced, as much as we don't, you know, we we complain about Nisa being. Uh, Complaining and wanting no, to go home Tegan. all the time. Or Tegan. <laughs> Tegan. She's very headstrong and she's very strong-willed, and that's also good up against somebody that's if you're true. on your own as well. I mean, yeah. it, and she's she's quick on her feet. She's I think if you of all of those people we've mentioned, she's the one with the street smarts. She's the yeah. one you yeah. want to march into battle because you know she's going to have the common sense in order to to either get out of something or or figure a way out of something. So. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't need the book smarts. She's got the common sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that the companions lend to that as well. Because if Five had been paired with... He'd have been fine with Sarah. He'd been fine... I, if Five had been paired with Joe Grant, for example. Joe would have been one that I think he would have felt to be more protective over. Um, Ace, I think so, too, but because of her age, not because of her how she is, because she could hold her own as well. Mm-hmm. But I think that he might look... Because of the how young she was. Although Adric was young, too, but he... Was Adric was always somebody Ace with somebody yeah. else, you know. Well, and Adric was, was, Adric was, was, yeah. was, again, he was a mathematician. He was, yeah. they, they kind of continued that that end thread from Tom Baker's era where after Lilo the Savage, we went the opposite direction with super brains. We had, you know, another Time Lord Rubai. or Time Lady, and we had K9. Right. Well, they kind of kept that, that they had all these other people that. Because we added Nisa and Adric in, yeah. in could, lieu of. Could really Rubai keep up with K9. the Doctor yeah. most yeah. of the time, at least in some areas. <laughs> yeah. Certainly, I don't know. It's it's an interesting. Uh, no, you make you make a good point there, and I, like I, said, I think Chrissy. What would really, Evelyn would have been like with the fifth oh, Doctor? Oh, that mm. might have been a good pairing. I like her better with six, but I, I do too. But, but well, yeah, I don't know. I could almost see the fifth Doctor being trampled by Evelyn. <laughs> Maybe so. She just yeah. run I mean, all over him because he is so affable. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, I think I think you're right. I think she, he he would have a hard time because of her age. He would have a kind of a hard time standing up to her. Yeah, it's a good point. Because that's the other thing that that we've got. Not only do we have a full TARDIS, we have a young TARDIS. I mean, all these companions are young. Yeah. yeah. Well, ostensibly, we don't know <laughs> how old some of them are, but we presume they're young. Yeah. No. Anything else about the Fifth Doctor? I don't think so. I think we. It's it's an era that I've um, I've grown in my appreciation for. I still want to sit and try to watch them all in order. At one I don't. Point. I don't want to just end with this is what we think is the most representative of the year. I don't want to. I'm supposed to be talking all things Fifth Doctor, but I you know for all the flaws. No, I know. For all the flaws of the era, with you know effects budgets going downhill and things like the Merca that just didn't quite work right. Well, and here's the thing: I think we've all recognized a lot of the strong qualities of, of yeah. Warriors of the Deep. I mean, the the story 
may not be the best story, but we've always recognized the fact that there were some good ideas there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sets look fantastic. Um, some of the base ideas were. were I'm really good. ready to go back and rewatch and, it. And I think the doctor performs well in that. And I, I, you know, it's it's he niece and Tur- Turlo. No, he Tegan and Turlo. Tegan and Turlo, and I think they've kind of started to hit their stride there as a team. Chameleon maybe was still somewhere floating. Who's in the background? So they really kind of hit their stride there too. Chameleon was the Merca. Nope. Oh wait, that's why it didn't work. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the Merc is certainly silly, but it works well. So, well, those are our thoughts on that. Then, yeah, I don't have much else. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to Inferno. A top secret drilling project headed by Professor Stallman is attempting to penetrate the Earth's crust. And the doctor and Liz Shaw are on hand to observe. Tensions are and professional jealousies plague the project. But things really heat up when a mysterious green substance is found leaking from the drill head. Just when the unit needs the doctor most, a time experiment throws him into a parallel universe where everyone he knows has changed for the worst. Dun dun dun! We felt like we both needed to do it because <laughs> this, this is such a good story. Man, this is such a good story. Yes, it is. This, I don't know where to start. This this has unseated whatever my last favorite uh, <laughs> poetry story was because this is one that I have seen pieces of through whether it be you know uh, retro- retrospective you know pieces that they they talk about the history of Doctor Who. They talk about the iPad. I've actually I've seen <laughs> clips on YouTube and that kind of Patchy stuff. Brain. Yeah, it, it, but. So I, I knew the ideas and the, and the concepts of this one. I had never sat down and watched this from beginning to, to end. And it is a fantastic story. It really surprised me in a lot of the elements that are going on here. We talk about the long stories often because there are so many seven, eight-part stories. This is doing it right. We don't have any eight-parters, well, do we? Seven. Seven's the most. Uh, well, well of, we had ten earlier. Yeah, in general. In general. Long episode, long stories in general. Well, because Dog's invade. Master Plan, which we haven't seen, is like 12 or yeah. 14 or whatever. Uh, 13, uh, War Games is ten, and Invasion is eight. Yeah. And then there are yeah. several sevens. But of all the long stories we've discussed, well, wait, it wasn't the Daleks longer? The Daleks was seven. Was that seven? We thought it was six. (laughs) It wasn't. It definitely wasn't. We thought it was five or something. I don't know. I thought it was four. When it came up at at six and it wasn't done yet, we were like, uh. (laughs) (laughs) But this isn't doing it right. This is doing justice to the length of the story. There's so much good going on because when what would be a four-point part story would be starting to wrap up, they go to the alternate universe right, right. and extend it and explore all new areas and all new things and just elevates the story. Even If if the alternate universe weren't there and this would have just been a four-part story, it would have been all right. Yeah. It wouldn't well, have been stand out. It's the alternate universe that makes this stand out. It's funny because I completely agree with you. And, and you said you watched a little bit of the making of yes. uh, special. It's interesting that... Uh, uh, Terrence Dix? No, yes, Terrence Dix and... Uh, Douglas no, Barry Letts. Barry Letts. Uh, really felt... I mean, they, they kind of... They, they're the ones that, that took over when Pertwee uh, took over. Uh, Barry was producing and Terrence was the script editor. And Terry... And 
and uh, uh, or Barry and Terrence both said that they <laughs> never liked the seven episode format that they were kind of left with by the people that that were running Doctor Who at the time. That was kind of the way the BBC wanted it. They wanted seven episodes. They wanted to fill them. And so they had kind of done that as they went along. Um, Spearhead's the only exception in, in, in that season. And so they, they, they didn't like that. But so when they were soliciting stories, and uh, was it De- uh, Don Hewton, Hewton uh, came to them with this idea, and it was four episodes long, and it was merely the, as Keith was saying, just the um, story of the, the the drilling, and something happens, and the 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 man, the madman, the professor that's that's pushing the drilling, and everything's resolved at the end, and it was four episodes long, but they looked at it and said, we've got to fill this out. And so it was actually Terrence Dick's idea to say, well, what if we did this all happening in an alternate universe and the Doctor goes over there? And it works so well. And thankfully, because they needed to fill seven episodes, this actually worked in their yeah. their favor to do this kind of thing. And I think it's funny that they still give Don uh, Hewton the, um, the the credit for the story. You know, it sounds like Terrence Dix is, is a, a majority of the reason why he, the the story works, and, and and obviously all of what happened in the you know polishing up the uh, extra universe or the the alternate universe part of it. Um, the other interesting thing is Douglas Canfield only really directed about three episodes of this. He fell ill, he had a heart uh, heart attack or a heart problem, and Barry Letts took over directing and finished directing this. I love well, Barry's so. comment too. I did see that part when he talked about that um, Canfield had it so well storyboarded. Yeah. That he didn't have to do any real work. He just stepped in and followed what had already been done. You know, the work that was already laid out. For, for most of it. There right. were still two episodes that then he had to take out. He said, and he felt like in the alternate universe stuff, there were two particular stories that weren't storyboarded out. And he felt that he feels that there's a real change in tone and difference, mm-hmm. which Ter- uh, Terrence Dick said... You, can, you don't notice it. And a lot of people that were that were interviewed and said, "Now nah, you don't notice it." I didn't notice I it. Didn't I didn't notice the change in in tone and pacing either. in it. But Barry feels there was a difference uh, in it. But I don't think so. But anyway, aside from what was going on behind the scenes, it, the seven stories works really well for this because in in and like Keith said earlier, going back and forth. Well, I don't know if you said this off mic or or while we were talking about this, but. The transitioning back, it, it never gets boring because yeah. when you get to a point where it, it, it would almost be too much in a story, they're able to leap back over to the alternate universe and let us know what's going on over there for a little bit. And so you get a flavor of both sides of what's happening at the times. And, and I love that. I think yeah. that's, that's, that's a fantastic idea. This is the, the first notion that the, the TARDIS console can fly itself, which yeah. is reintroduced to us in uh, The Doctor's Wife. Or, uh, not the doctor's way. Yeah, yeah, the doctor's way. I had the right, right story. Um, the, 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 I think this kind of is the first, um, this is our first look at traveling through the void, which we get in, mm-hmm. uh, Age of Steel and Rise of the Cybermen. Um, I like to imagine that that's, of course, he mentioned going through the void unprotected like that. I mean, because he has very, you know, yeah. nothing around him essentially. Well, which, unless and you you consider that when the the, the travel when the, the TARDIS console traveled in uh, the Doctor's wife, it kind of 
formulated that a, little a force barrier, field, force yeah. field. It, it must do something like that in this instance as well. Well, and well, well obviously and a very and big and one because it took Bessie too. Well, we're, and we yeah, did take Bessie. <laughs> we're really two different things here because we're talking the uh, in the Doctor's wife. We traveled through the vortex. In no, we had to cross. We had to cross universes then too well, because it was we a crossed from universe. the bubble universe well, it was, it was to still a bubble universe. Yeah, yeah, okay. So we crossed but, from but a bubble universe. It was a bubble universe to our universe. To the universe, it wasn't an alternate time. Right, it wasn't an alternate. Time. I, I, I like to think it's, it's obvious that it does take a toll on him because he shows up and is unconscious. Oh yeah, yeah, and coming back is you know, coming yeah. back was even more yeah. of a toll. Going through, you know, and, well. And the first time he goes and then comes back, you know, and the, the, he doesn't quite go through to the other he side. Yeah, he doesn't punch. Uh, he's, you know, obviously very strained and and well, he out said, of sorts. Was it that when he said he was dizzy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, obviously it takes a toll on him then, and then coming back through, as you said, he's he's on, he's in coma at yeah. that point. Well, so. that's why the Daleks built that big sphere when they decided to go hide in the void <laughs> stuff because they didn't want to be all you know looking in the mirror inside out business. Right. Like, <laughs> like, no, we're not putting up with that. Wow. <laughs> and the Daleks can't make that face. <laughs> That's true. Um, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be that guy. I'm gonna say that as good as the story is, and as well as it's paced, and for everything that's going on, I almost think seven episodes is one too many. I think this would have been a great six-parter. I think it's still a great story. I think seven's too long. My reasoning for that is the um, the Wolfman people. What are these called? Oh, the primaloids. The, the, or whatever. the primaloids. They there's no reason for them. We've, no, you know why? You know why they're in there? <laughs> they wanted because the BBC. No, the BBC said we want. We need a monster. We need monsters. We need a monster. In this we one. need it's monsters. Too, it's, it's too smart thinking. It, yeah. Unfortunately, I, they're not realized real well. Either. They're not realized real well. They don't fully. Exp- they, they they hint at why where they come from, why they turn. That it's the primordial ooze. Yeah. It's not until they na- call them primoids that you kind of make the connection of, yeah. oh, that's why they're turning right. into that, free that, creatures. That's, that's just and it. de evolving. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't mind the not realized well. That doesn't bother me. It's, <laughs> it, it's the, I, I wanted just a little bit more of an explanation yeah, as to why. Because they set agree. it up like you were going to get it. You get all of this stuff and the chasing about and the fantastic stunt work of the guy falling off the cooling tower. <laughs> and, well, and, and the, on, the on, longest, on. longest fall. In, on television, on, on British television, to that up to, up to that point, that was the highest fall. Didn't the doctor also make reference in the first couple of episodes about an alien influence down at the at the crust of the Earth? He might have. I don't recall that because because I remember when watching it, thinking, "Oh, that could be causing the the the, the yeah. werewolfness," or and then later realizing, "No, it's primordial ooze." Right. Right. I don't think he did. Maybe maybe he allowed for the potential. I think I think Swanley actually said it. My 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 other issue I have with this is I like the idea of once we punch through to find this energy, then you get this backlash and you get this explosion and you get the the inferno essentially the inferno effect where basically it wipes out civilization. So that enough that is enough to be the villain right there. Okay, it was uh. The Krakatoa stuff that he was talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then the Zylock, which is what became Mr. Smith and right. Sarah Jane Adventures. Right. That's what I was thinking of. Right. Anyway, sorry, continue. So No, that's fine. Mm. So that, 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 to me, was menace enough. Yeah. And that it didn't need that. But that's what bothered me about this is we, we have this, this green ooze coming out, and we don't quite explain what it is. And we obviously haven't broke through the crust yet. 
So this is something that's in the layers between the crust and the uh, the surface. So it's it's something there that's already able to leak out, and so it's like it's like there was this middle middle layer between <laughs> uh, where we've dug down to and the crust itself, and so we've got three levels of we've got you know good guys here, then we've got some bad influence here, and then another ultra bad influence here once we break through the crust. So that's why that's what I had a problem with. Yeah. It was the fact that yeah, it's not realized well enough what that middle level is. Because once it's explained and once it happens, we understand the seriousness of, of the inferno that's coming that's gonna come through. But we don't get the, the, the we get the seriousness of what can happen to you if you touch this ooze. We just don't get the idea of what it is or where it comes from, and that's it's pink what I slime from Ghostbusters. Yeah. Too. No, no, it's TGRI. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's where they got it from. They drilled down and brought it up, and that's what mutated the turtles. You, you, you know, you know what it is. <laughs> the secret of the ooze. Quite honestly, you know what it is. This this green ooze, that Back. that middle layer that they drilled through. Silurian sleeping quarters. <laughs> <laughs> Just pulverized yeah. all the lizards. They're, they're cold blooded. This made them really hot. The primoids, well, who knows what primoids or what were they called? The primoids. Primoids, okay. Made Which, really oh, and I love the idea of don't touch them, they'll burn you. Uh, that was so fantastic. let's use the fire extinguishers yeah, to fight them. I, I that was so cool. I have a problem with that. I thought that was wonderful. As soon as he does that alternate universe, I'm like, oh, that totally makes sense. Yeah, I, I love That's a very that. doctor thing to do. Oh, too. yeah. 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 Uh, the actors, fantastic job! You could tell they were enjoying playing their "quote unquote" villain aside. Yeah, because yeah, it just and and we talked a little bit off mic, but I I love the idea. You still think that the brig needed the beard and mustache? <laughs> I love the idea that since the uh, alternate universe uh, episode of Star Trek, anytime we have alternate universe episodes of anything, the evil version of the Prime always has facial hair, has a beard, beard and mustache. It's always the Van Dyke. That's, that's the you, you and I yeah. have. And so uh, I love the idea that Doctor Who spins that and the Brig doesn't have a mustache. And our professor, who's our, our, our antagonist in, in, in the Prime world and the uh, alternate universe, has no facial hair whatsoever. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> I absolutely love that. I love the idea of flipping that and reversing that of what, what we normally think of as the alternate universe bad guys. I'm ashamed to admit it, but it like took me an episode to realize the Brig didn't have his mustache. Oh, is that right? I was so transfixed by the eye patch, patch and, and wondering scar. what happened in the scar. <laughs> that was what, that's what was so great about it. it was the nice touch of the scar. They didn't have to put that in there. I have and be, that's what sold it. I have to be honest, I did too. It wasn't until the second episode that, that he was in that other universe that I went, Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Good, I'm not the only <laughs> where's one. The, where's the stash? <laughs> Did, yeah. In fact, I think somebody even pointed it out on, on the Twitter feed for Friday Night Who, and that's when I went, went oh, yeah. <laughs> it's clueless, clueless watchers here. Um, fantastic acting all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, I was glad that the, uh, what's the professor, the bad professor? Stan, Stanfield. Stanis, off. Uh, professor Stallman. Stallman. His, his actor name is he's Olaf Pooley. That's the actor's name. <laughs> Professor Stallman. Stallman. <laughs> must be German. <laughs> <laughs> um, that uh, Herr Stallman. He didn't fall into the same 
He could have very easily been the stereotypical bad guy, one character. I did kind of wonder sometimes why he was so adamant about drilling uh, until he got infected. Well, and that's the thing he, is... He, he was so... We have to continue. We must yeah, speed up. It, it's all this... What's what's the motivation behind that? We didn't the, really quite get it. Well, I get the impression is that he, he's just one of those types, especially being a professor, that is so sure he's of right. himself. Yeah. So sure that he's right. I mean, I've met people oh, that like that. I've met comes professors across. like yeah. that. that he's so, and then it's almost like you think that he probably at some point will, will cave and decide, okay... Maybe this something's you know bad going to happen here. He recognizes the warning signs, but fortunately, that's where this ooze works. Is because once he's infected, it's it's a new motivation for continuing yeah. to, to to drill through the, the the core, and so there's no longer that hope of he'll see the warning signs and trust the computer and believe that you know something bad is going to happen and listen to the uh, drilling guy Greg, and and you know bow to his experience as, as, a, as an oil rig driller. And so once we get the infection, it's like, the, well, now he's being driven by something else. And so right. it, it's acceptable and it works. And and it, it's almost at that point where I, I got too, I got a little tired of him being so arrogant. I thought, oh, you're just an arse. And then <laughs> when he's infected, it was almost like, okay, there's a motivation for him to continue to be that way. way. So yeah. it worked for me. It worked for me real well. Anybody... I know he hadn't shown up yet. Anybody expecting the master to pull off the beard and go, ha-ha? <laughs> yes. no, no, I hadn't, but... It, it I will destroy be, the earth by fire because <laughs> you're all crazy. This is certainly the, the perfect br- blueprint for that kind of, of reveal. Um, Did you know that uh, the woman that played Petra, uh, Sheila Dunn, that was... Um, um, uh, Douglas Canfield's wife. Hmm. He, I did. I did actually. He, he I did hired see that. He hired her uh, to play that, and or got basically got her the part. And uh, then when he fell ill, he was really struggling with the fact that she was still here performing oh, while her yeah. husband was in the hospital <laughs> dealing with heart problems. And she obviously went and visited, but she felt yeah. very disconnected from from him being sick. So. And we maybe talk- that fueled her performance because I thought she did a fantastic. She job did. Her, she did her. Yeah. Tell them what you told me uh, Which part? Friday about. Uh, oh, how Friday was oh, the yeah. last the day the last episode aired. Yeah, yeah. So those last would have been Carolyn 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 Ford's no. John's or Carolyn John's for, uh, last final appearance appearance in Doctor Who. And we watched it on, on the anniversary, anniversary of, the, yeah, of, the, anniversary of, of that day. last episode. That was pretty cool. Yeah, he told me that on Friday. It's almost like he planned it. <laughs> almost like I planned it. <laughs> um, almost. Almost. <laughs> and this, the song he was singing in the beginning, that's the one that he sings in the ledger. Oh, okay. So we, we were wondering we if go. it was the we one did, from the well, shower in Spearhead. Because we had heard that that was a, a, a Perch yeah. callback, but that's oh, right. So that's uh, the song that in, in the ledger. Okay. Another interesting note, uh, this was the last appearance of the original console. It, a lot, it's, it had been the same throughout all until now. Oh, we According to TARDIS Wikia. I did not know that. And in a novel, it states that the leader, the dictator, in this alternate universe is one of the alternate regenerations the, doc, the Time Lords offered the Doctor in the War Games. The dictator? Yeah. 
Oh, see the, and, the picture on the wall. Yeah, well, and that's, so, he was also a uh, he's a BBC uh, exec. Oh, is he? Yeah, that's what <laughs> oh, just the, okay, yeah. just the, so, the just the okay, just the 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 image. Because I'm thinking to myself in this alternate universe. So, <laughs> so in the, he did get this other face, no, yeah. exiled to Earth, and took over. Yeah, pretty much. No, that's what this novel explores. Which one is it? Uh, Time Worm Revelation. Oh, I'll be darned. Really? That they they. I don't know how much of it he takes over as how much of it is he is pushed upward. It's that's what the wiki says. Okay. Interesting. Well, I have to, have to read that then because it's a source of all knowledge. Doctor's story. A seventh doctor. It's the TARDIS wiki that's saying this, not Wikipedia. Yeah, which so, they're, they're a little more authoritative. Huh. Written by Paul Cornell. Oh, we'll have to explore that. Right. <laughs> that might be kind of interesting. Um, but anyway, the actual guy that's in the picture yeah. is uh, yeah one of the BBC execs. So was it, was that one of the? Did it, they actually show that as one of the options, or did, they didn't do that in war games at all? They didn't show the options that they were giving the doctor. Well, no, they kind no. of scrolled around, but yeah, yeah. No. Okay, I was trying to remember. Um, all the acting I thought was top notch in this one, especially our intrepid unit group. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Nicholas Courtney is phenomenal. He's always phenomenal. I was really struck by the final episode when he starts to crack, when he just falls apart. Because I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting right. evil Brig, right. even though he's I mean, like, like, like they he pointed out, they're not really evil versions. Right. They're just no, different, versions. different versions. Well, he even still has that streak that he has the entire time. But there's, as you're saying, when, when he, he just when he starts. He's, when he starts to panic, yeah. he starts to really collapse. And when when other people, it's not the doctor, not Liz, when other people, when the driller guy is standing up to him, yelling, "You're no good without your gun." Right. I, th- that's a <laughs> that's a huge yeah. flip for the Brigadier's character right. because I believe he's so much more than than that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, we talked about the professor. Talked about uh, you know, Carol did a fantastic. She did job. a really good. Not quite playing this, and I love the conversation that the doctor has with her when, you know, says, oh, well, you, did you, you ever think about being a scientist? Right. You took I mean, that class in the university. Kind and of thought about down it. On it yeah. And, you know. So, um, yeah, just just so much good. The one that I hated, was Benton. You hated him. I I, I I liked that I hated him because that too. made him he, such he, a different character. I liked that I so much better. He, he's Benton. He's always yeah, Benton. He's, he's Benton, and now like, he's not Benton yeah. anymore. Oh, he's man. this angry guy, and I didn't like it. And then they turned him, and I was sad. Yeah, yeah. Because it was like you know, it was like watching. Oh, it's been, no. It was like watching the favorite character get bit by the zombie or something. That was what was so it endearing was so about this is the fact that he is such. They were all so different from their. Counterparts, and they all did such a wonderful job at being different than their counterpart. Now, uh, the the driller guy, uh, Don, is that his name? He was he really he was the, same the same guy on both yeah. sides, but he, he, it, he didn't need to be different because he wasn't shaped. He was he was shaped in the same way. His character was shaped in the same way in both worlds. Right. Because of who he was and what he did, but well, and he, needed unit, that, he needed to be that influence. Exactly, there, so. exactly. But our unit friends are shaped in a different way because of the fact of the way the society is and the military is, and so to have them so different was, was such a contrast. Was very, very cool. Also, a huge nod to the, uh, the, the the costuming department for being able to put those kind of mirror spin. Oh yeah, on all the scientists being in the weird. Oh yeah, white, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. The, 
Dr. No Jumpers, kind yeah. of <laughs> um, and then the military outfits not quite being, you know, there, but different. I just right. every, everything about this was right. was, was no, top I, notch. I totally agree, and the, the effects were fantastic. Although I was watching a special edition, I'm not sure if I was actually watching the special edition version, but uh, but the, the effects looked yeah. fantastic on it. Yeah, so. I, I thought they were really good. Um, one of the things that we tweeted out the first week is apparently um, during the chase sequence where uh, the doctor jumps in Bessie and is trying to drive away and not being very successful at. Pertwee actually ran over one of yeah. the one of the stuntmen and hit him with the car and uh, busted his leg up pretty good. And I guess Pertwee got so bent out of shape about it that he, he physically got ill and they almost couldn't continue shooting <laughs> because he was he was so worked up about it. Well, every scene you saw Pertwee driving, that was Pertwee driving. Oh yeah, oh, well yeah. he wouldn't he every would... one of those. He did his own stunts all the time, or did his own. Yeah, he did his own stunts all the time up until uh, I can't remember who was his. Uh, double who started doing a lot of the the scenes later in 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 the well, series. Well, they did a lot of the hand to hand combat yeah. later. I, well, I think the driving stuff. No, was there was still, even the, there was even yeah. They, some of the hand to hand he he passed off to his double. But I mean, he was getting up there. He was getting yeah. older. And but that in fact they credit the fact that the reason Havoc kind of disbanded. Well, this wasn't the whole reason, but the reason they didn't need they didn't, didn't continue with Doctor Who is because Pertwee's double was doing more of the the stunts and they said, "Well, if we're paying this guy to oh. do stunts, <laughs> why are we bringing in an agency in to do stunts as well?" So, that's why Havoc kind of got really? less gigs on Doctor Who and eventually phased out, yeah. I just kind of always and I don't know the backstory to Havoc. I just kind of always assumed that when that title came up, Action by Havoc, that it was like Every unit soldier who wasn't somebody recognizable was a Havoc guy that that's, was springboarding <laughs> off of something and blowing up. That's exactly up. what it was. Havoc was about a dozen, maybe maybe two dozen men in an eight. That, that one of the one particular guy. There's a, there's a fantastic. Uh, docu- this is part of the documentary, and then there's a thing where Toby Hado gets the surviving people of Havoc, Havoc back together, Havoc back together. In order to show him how to do a stunt, he does a oh, stunt. It's, oh. it's really fun. Now, I think that might only be on the special edition. It's on, it's, it's on Inferno? Thing. Yeah, on the, on the special, special edition. Uh, but anyway. Reason enough to buy that. Essentially, <laughs> what happened was there was <laughs> one guy. Upgrade. There was one guy that went around and basically rounded up all these guys to be stunt actors. But they that was just, that was just it. They were all actors as well. So they are. A lot of those unit guys that you see, and you'll see them over and over again in Pertwee's era. Are the same guys doing yeah doing the same things over and over? They are the unit soldiers. They're the the guy you know the two guys that Pertwee takes out as they're hauling him off you know at the end after he smashed up the machine. Two they're two heavy actors. They <laughs> take that right there. So yeah, so it was an agency essentially that that was contracted with uh, Doctor Who in order to do all, all of their stunt work for for the good well, first or second season of of. of uh, Maybe even just the first season of Pertwee's Run. So. Uh, looks like they go to Sea Devils was the last one. Oh, did. that's right. Yeah, it is. Okay. I do Because I do remember them saying Sea Devils was their last one. So. Which one I want to go out on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? Are you going to have a hovercraft? And a couple? <laughs> <laughs> now, didn't we see something in one of these that, that Pertwee actually flew that helicopter to? When, they, when one of the documentaries they were talking about, if it had wheels or he was... Yeah, they talked the about that in some and uh, revisited that he, Maybe that's where that it was. He, he drove. He, he was just a But I don't remember nut. them talking about helicopters. I do was all. I mean, I know he got in he, a lot of he used to, helicopters. He raced but, back in yeah. the back in the day. He raced race cars back in the day too. So it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. If he flew helicopters. <laughs> 
Anyway, he'd be he, of all the he'd be that guy. Yeah, I've got my pilot's license. <laughs> just, just get in the car. It's just you don't really have your license, do you? No, I don't. But I'm gonna fly it anyway. I think maybe what makes this story so enjoyable is the pacing, because oh, even with even so with well. its flaws, you're never bored. In this. Oh no, you're no, no, never no, no, bored. No. There's there's a lot of times I'll watch, especially long episodes of Doctor Who, where I'm like. Know, let's just let's get on with this. Let's get, dragging, to, the, get to the end. Yeah. It's dragging here. Let's get on with the point. What's going on here? Here it does not do that, and and it, and it ends at the he only most escapes opportune. Once and gets captured again. Exactly. Once. It, <laughs> once. It, it, it once. escapes. It, it, it escapes. It, it it happens like the 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 the, the cliffhangers happen at the most. There were some points in this story where I was like, times. this episode just started. How can we be getting a cliffhanger yeah, already? Exactly. And it wasn't the cliffhanger. Yeah, it just yeah. didn't feel... Yeah, well, it, it, that... And, there were but, a lot but, of moments that would have been There'd be times when you get to the cliffhanger and you think, did I just watch 26 minutes of an episode? I did, yeah. It didn't feel like 26 yeah, minutes. Moves. And it, there were a lot of times... I, in fact, I watched this on my own because I wasn't able to come last week. And then I was off for three days and I thought... I don't think I can wait till Friday till I popped in and watched the last. Actually, I had watched uh, four, yeah, four and three, because I think that's how we were going to do it. And so I, so yeah, I watched the last three on my on my days off, and just it just blew right through them. I was like, wow, I can't believe that. It just the pacing of that, that story is so well done. That was the thing is we 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 got through the first four and okay, well that's it, wrap it up, and everybody kind of sat there for a minute as if going. Do we have to? <laughs> really? Are, are we done, Don? So, I, I know you told me that you wanted to go on and watch I was ready. I was ready to go ahead and keep going with it. And, and uh, this is kind of an indicator that Mel, um, who, through no fault of her own, frequently doesn't make it all the way through Friday Night Who because, you know, she's got the early job and she dozes off. every other weekend we have Katrina and so there's right. a lot going on. And she dozes off. She was up through all four parts of the first set and finally succumbed Friday in the last episode, and she's mad. She is <laughs> furious, and she's like, "We're rewatching that." Okay. <laughs> so, well, you guys should start over and watch it all. <laughs> the whole thing. It's that good. It is that good. And you commented, that I, this, I, is, "This is what I'm going to own." That you're going to purchase? Yeah, so. I will purchase it. It's got the. You're uh, lucky. There's a special edition. Uh, it's true. It's got the seal. Although, if he picks up a special edition, you. I might just buy his used copy. Well, there you go. <laughs> I won't be, be buying cheap. anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> We got anything else on this uh, one? Or? One last thing I want sure. to point out. It took me until after I've watched it all to realize who Sir Keith was. He's Django. What? Is it the same actor? It's the same actor. No, I had no idea. I'll be darned. Henry Sorry. Gordon Django. Yeah, from sure Talents. enough. I'll be darned. It is. It totally oh is. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> and Jago. 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 Yeah, sorry. I, I kept looking at him thinking, well, he, he looks, looks familiar, so familiar. But I would so never have placed him as Jago. And then he was yeah. also Colonel Hugh in The Unicorn and the Wasp. Yeah, that I knew. Because we talked about yeah, it. Yeah, it didn't mean the same. I, yeah, wow. So I didn't, now that you I didn't say realize that. I totally that. see it. Because yeah. he even has like, a similar mustache. Yeah. yeah. I never He's just, he looks younger because he is. Well, I never would have placed him at that. Sean, what do you got coming up on the schedule? Oh, thanks. Uh, coming up on the schedule next week. Uh, oh, I, I was all set to jump into. Uh, uh, yeah, we're not. Uh, <laughs> the, the arc. I'm surprised. <laughs> I wrote the schedule and I was. Well, I wonder. We own this one. I wonder if you would remember that. Okay. No, you do no, own that. No, one? We do, we, I do okay, own that. One. Uh, no, I was. Uh, you're right. Because I was. There's a special sure edition of this one that released this week too. Huh? The Ark. No. 
It was Future? Mind of Evil. Mind of Evil. Mind of oh, Evil and Inferno came Evil out. This week. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. I think the arc is on the schedule. Yeah, well, the next week. Schedule. <laughs> no, I mean a special week. edition. I think is coming. Oh, oh, okay. Well, maybe oh, that's what I'm it? thinking of. Is one, I don't know. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, don't depress me. Anyway, um, <laughs> it would be just like them to do this after yeah. I schedule it. <laughs> uh, the arc uh, with William Hartnell is our Friday night. I was totally thinking we were right for uh, Travel with Time Lord. I was uh, apparently I'm really keyed nope. up, ready to watch. No it. special edition yet. But oh, we do good. have some Six Doctor next week. We well. do have some Six Doctor next week. So your homework uh, Friday night. Who will watch the arc with William Hartnell? And then our show next week, we're going to be discussing the arc and Big Finish Mainline number 35-ish, which is a Sixth Doctor and Perry, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Sixth Doctor and Perry story. So uh, that's it. And then... And I only know that because I've already listened and to it. And you're ahead of the group, so I'll have to listen to it. And then, uh, and then the following week, we start our full-blown July Sixth Doctor celebration. I am looking forward to trial. All month long, Trial of Time Lord for Friday Night Well, we're getting a jump start on the Sixth Doctor celebration because the issue is yeah. Sixth Doctor. But How many parts are trial? Is that four? It's four stories. Four hmm. stories. Each story is... T- four, 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 and two. Yes. Is the two the 45? No, they went back to the twenty-minute episode or twenty-six-minute episodes, didn't they? For I trial, think so, for so it's it's four, four, and two, so it's four twenty minutes. Well, yeah. twenty-six minutes, four twenty-six yeah. minutes, and then two two twenty-six minutes. Oh, I yeah. believe. I believe. I believe. I remember that right? Because it was it was just Baker's first part of the run where they were doing the forty-five uh, minutes. Okay. Um, if you really want to get ahead on your homework, then I would also recommend uh, the Prisoners of Time six from IDW because that'll be the next piece of our. Uh, six Doctor. Have you already listened to as well? No, you've read IDW. Oh, IDW. I'm thinking of the audio. I've I've listened to the audio with. (laughs) Oh, Oh, really? Tipping his hand. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm curious to see what you guys think. Okay, uh, we'll probably love it. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. (laughs) All right. So yeah, Prisoner of Time. Is that one out? No, not not yet. Not yet. Okay. I think it's I think this week. Yeah. I think yeah I think it, I think they always release like the last week of the month. So. Yeah. All right. Terrific. That's that it. it. That's it. All right. Well, if that's going to do it for this week, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Group Captain Gilmore. No, he wasn't in this one. <laughs> I'm, I'm Sir Keith. You're still Sir still Sir Keith. Still Sir Keith. will always be Sir Keith. Now Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Chip chip. I broke your computer. (laughs) (laughs) You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.